Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ah, yes, it is another beautiful Fox Sports Sunday. Welcome in, Mike Harmon alongside my guy, NFL Network, NFL.com, the Move the Sticks podcast. He's a coach. He's an analyst. He's going to tell us all about Desmond Ritter and his quest to be the man in Atlanta. All of these things and then so much more. My partner every Sunday, it's Bucky Brooks. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter. Hey, and we both do something very rare this morning, Bucky. What, what, both what our that? college teams won yesterday. Yeah, I can say that it was nice to see my team win. I don't know how impressive the win was, but a win is a win, and it won't matter in a week. Uh, once you go one and zero, I think for the Northwestern Wildcats, I think it was a huge win uh, for them to get that dub. Uh, even though they may have been aided by a blunder, a coaching blunder that some will point to, and Scott Frost electing to onside kick up eleven and seemingly having all the momentum in his favor, uh, allowed the Wildcats to kind of get back into the mix, and they couldn't close it out. Breathe new life in. I immediately thanked him on Twitter. <laughs> Shameless Homer. As soon as the ball started, as as soon as that drive commenced, like thank you, Coach. Appreciate the uh, the gift. I, I can understand to a very small percentage 
the all right, I'm going for the jugular. We've got mm-hmm. them reeling. So I'm gonna go in for the haymaker. And instead yeah. you got the counter as if it was say WWE, you go in for the big splash, and the guy sits up. Mm-hmm. And now you're rolling around holding your belly, going, Oh! But Scott Frost, as he's wont to do, he's he's been terrible in one score games. What is it, five and twenty-one or uh, a number like that, uh, it, where you've lost games by eight or fewer points. And what do we always say about coaching? The devil's in the details, and if you're losing that many one-score games, that's a you problem. It, that's not happenstance after four-plus years. No, it's not happenstance. And it's one of those things where you have to kind of figure, figure it out, and it's really frustrating, I guess, um, for those of us who remember when Nebraska was the dominant powerhouse, to watch them now and to see this team kind of flounder and flop around is really baffling because there was a 30-year period when Nebraska football was it, always assured of being a top-10 team. They played with power. Um, It was all about fundamentals. And the way that they did things, it just made it very, very hard for you to beat them. And now you see a team that gives games away or they can't finish games. And a lot of times, like in the past, when they could finish, they finished because of their physicality and toughness. And right now, the Nebraska brand isn't attached to that kind of play. And I think it's going to be hard for Scott Frost to turn around unless they get back to that kind of ball. Well, he goes out of the way to throw his offensive staff under the bus as well. Took, took credit for the, the onside kick. That's my call. I wouldn't do it again. We couldn't foresee them scoring the, the 14 points. They'd been moving the ball, mm-hmm. right? Northwestern on, on the possession, you, you had a 15-yard run. And instead of securing the ball, good hat on the ball, you get the turnover. But otherwise, they'd move the ball with pretty good efficiency throughout the day. Halinski was near perfect uh, on the day throwing the football for Northwestern. You you surmounted no pressure whatsoever, and that was one of the big keys in the pregame. Oh, wait, it's going to look like the black shirts of old. Where do you see this defensive line? So credit to the offensive line of Northwestern got an All-American candidate, and, and four returning starters. And they dominated up front in pass protection. And then as the, the game wore on, even though they were averaging 4-5, four, 4-6 four, for most of the game, the chunk yardage and the hands-on hip for Nebraska in the second half, and they couldn't get rhythm with Thompson. What, whatever happened mm-hmm. after that onside kick, suddenly he was off the mark. And good job, Northwestern didn't bring extra pressure most of the game. They they got and rattled him a little bit, but it was just a curiosity and a tale of two halves. A lot of free beer for the crowd, as we well mm-hmm. know. Uh, at some point, they were trying to work the honor system, Bucky. Yeah. Leave, leave your name at the, at the kiosk, as it were, and then come back and pay. I don't know how many people actually did that, uh, relying on Catholic guilt to some <laughs> degree to come in from Ireland uh, to, to roll in. But my brothers were there and got to enjoy a victory in person. So that was kind of cool, living vicariously through the chaos they were watching uh, and the highs and lows and sending them quick replays of of things, you know, because they're like, well, well, what really happened on this? How close was this? So that you know, 2022 communication, a beautiful thing. But for Scott Frost, immediately, he was already the guy listed as the leader on, on the hot seat board in the Big Ten. And with this loss, just stunning with – the relative ease in which they had big play capabilities just snuffed out in the second half. Yeah, just snuffed out because it did start the way that they wanted to start. They were um, having their way 
with the Wildcats, but they couldn't finish the game. And so when you're a team that has suffered as many close losses as the Nebraska Cornhuskers have suffered in the Scott Frost tenure, it has to be the examination of what is it that we're doing that's preventing us from being able to close out games. How can we improve that either via our tactics, uh, via the way that we practice, how I prep the team, how I talk to the team and plan at the end of games. All of those things have to come into question. And so we'll see. But it's tough, man, for a guy who is already on the hot seat. Man, that first loss certainly uh, makes the, the warm seat even warmer. National game. Big time audience. We talk about the rest of the games that were on the schedule. I know a lot of people, especially those who bet, were celebrating the return of Hawaii mm-hmm. football. Right, you had your your Tar Heels roll up a big effort as well. First half was was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's up fourteen, but a little dicey. But still, you get the victory. But this is your marquee game, right? Big Fox game, big promotion, and you go out, and that's the call that is going going to be the thing that signals uh, at least uh, another shovel of dirt being pushed over mm-hmm. for the eventual uh, burying of his playbook and everything else. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It, it, it'll be an interesting week, man, for Nebraska coming off of this because really, man, it, it was their own undoing. Uh, Feldman secured the onside kick, which is a turnover, then two additional turnovers in the second half. Just didn't do it. Looking at the stat right now, just flashing on the screen. First to lose seven straight by single digits. First major college team to lose seven straight by single digits. Wow. There you go. The wow. Well, we talk about it with the NFL, and we'll we'll analyze a lot and try to start predicting order and conference and division finishes, and find a few teams that mm-hmm. maybe should get some extra pub that haven't in the preseason. But that's the the point. Is in the NFL, we talk about it all the time, being a one score league. With college football, we know that's generally not the case, but there are teams where they may they live and die by playing close games. As an alum of Northwestern, I've seen that uh, from both ends. I've seen the blowouts on a week-to-week basis mm-hmm. to where you your eyebrows raise, and when you see big play after big play, you say, here we go again. And the opportunities were there because both Northwestern starting corners were on the sidelines for a good chunk as well. Uh, so that that's another thing that the offense has to figure out. How did we not take advantage, find ways to get the ball in Trey Palmer's hands because that seemed to be such a – point of emphasis to start things but not to make it all about nebraska and northwestern as much as i'd love to do four hours about that uh college football as a whole week zero uh the excitement you know how much before your your preseason game and you locked down for that i mean how much did you get to sample uh, i got a chance to look at look at some of it um you know preseason game was slap dab in the middle of all of it so you think about a three o'clock eastern game didn't really get a chance to look at uh, a lot of it before hopping back on a bird so I could be beside you here today. But got a chance to catch some scores, and it's kind of like the typical thing. I'm trying to figure out, one, am I the only one in the country that didn't know that Duquesne had a football team? <laughs> did you know that Duquesne had a I football did, team? I did, but I didn't. They played Florida State. Yeah. I had no, well, I had no idea. Yeah, I saw it on the schedule and just kind of went, okay. I looked at the logo. I was passing by. The screen, and I saw the logo, <laughs> the Duquesne logo, and I couldn't really. I had make to do it. the double take there. I had to do the double take, like, oh, okay, and and they're playing, and they're playing in a major game on 
national TV. And so it was it was interesting. What's the payout for that game? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's got I mean, that's got to be a program helper right there. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're punting everything. So those kinds of games. We had the lopsided scores. We had the the big bad mismatches. But next week is the week where you see the epic games heading into Labor Day weekend. We do have some interesting affairs, and so that should be a lot of fun. Notre Dame, Ohio State being the headliner Ooh. for that ahead of. I mean, we're a week and a half away from Week One of your National Football League. Yeah, I mean, ponder that. How quickly it gets up on you. Three weeks of the preseason. We'll get into the Aaron Donald situation with the Bengals. I, I heard it dismissed so categorically by people, and I, and I just want to raise my hand and say, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know, people invoking some of that Allen Iverson. Well, it's just practice. Like, yeah. oh, hold on. We, mm-hmm. we, we need to have a little conversation about that. Uh, so much to preview over the course of the day. We've got that Wes Welker letter, which I thought was interesting, uh, mm. talking about a denial of benefits, saying, ah, all those injuries, we can't prove they were through the NFL. Mm. Kind of an interesting little uh, switch on things. Russell Wilson is talking. Uh, so much to get into today. Uh, but coming up next, we'll turn our attention to Buffalo, where the team makes a big statement. We've got a clip uh, from the front office and head coach uh, as to why they made the decision to get rid of Matt Ariza and move forward. But we have to talk about it. It is the NFL in 2022. Swift action. But what led up to it? Bucky Brooks with me. I'm Mike Harmon. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're here just getting warmed up on Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Radio's Fox Sports Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Thanks for making us part of your Sunday morning, wherever you're going on the highways and byways of life. To from services, kid activities, because school is back in session for many of y'all. Uh, so maybe you get a, a moment to breathe uh, in between running to and from camps and all that stuff. Whatever the case may be, thanks for taking us with you. The iHeartRadio app. Sirius XM Channel 83, your local affiliate, however you're getting the show, however you're listening. Uh, Again, many thanks for being part of our extended family. Uh, We have plenty of football analysis, people trying to win jobs, decisions. I just saw a nice little Instagram story that had Kenny Pickett front and center with a quote by our very own Bucky Brooks. So we'll get to that uh, coming up in a little bit. But we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about what's going on in Buffalo with Matt Ariza, the man that had been dubbed the punt god a week ago. Uh, we were talking about the 82-yard punt, and then civil litigation begins, and we get the allegations that Ariza and two of his then San Diego State University teammates were involved in a gang rape of a 17-year-old girl. Uh, Sorry for the graphic language and and the discussion to come. I understand if it's uncomfortable for some, but it's germane to where we're at in the NFL and a big story when we're talking about personal conduct policies, the team and the league, uh, and responsibilities therein. Ariza said in a statement issued through his attorney, quote, the facts of the incident are not what they are portrayed in the lawsuit or in the press. I look forward to quickly setting the record straight. Included... Within all of the documentation the and details that have become public was a phone call, and there's a discussion of Ariza admitting to having sex with a 17-year-old girl. So on the surface, right there, right at the face of it, an underage girl in the state of California. So that's part one to this. And then we get into the timeline and the decision process. And much of this came to light on Thursday, again, when the civil case was filed. Um, We know that the Bills had been aware of this since July. There had been rumblings here in Southern California about a case that was, to some, pushed through and university not wanting to push forward to it. Uh, and, And allegations, we had an L.A. Times report And we go through all that. But the Bills brass took to the microphones yesterday for a press conference after the nameplate was removed, after Ariza wasn't at practice, uh, to discuss the situation and the decision to let him go. This has to be what we feel is is the right thing. And in respect to them, they don't know some of the things that were going on here. So as Brandon said, we've tried to sort through a lot of information. It's ongoing, and I think that's, to me, been one of the harder parts of this is that it's ongoing and information continues to flow, it seems. And um, so I understand where you're coming from. Yes, I have a lot of faith and trust in those guys, uh, but at the same time, we had to make sure this was a separate situation here. With the serious nature and allegations, and we can't, we don't have the means to put all the facts together uh, Bean went on to say, multiple, ver- multiple versions of what happened. Sean's a football coach. I'm a GM. We don't have access to everything, and so that's more important than playing football. And so we want Matt to focus on that. That was from the press conference yesterday uh, in the wake of the Deshaun Watson 
case that was 18 months in the press uh, as a high-profile NFL quarterback, Ariza getting some celebrity as the punter for the Super Bowl favorite Bills, the swift action, at least related to when the civil litigation starts, versus at least the first rumblings and what they found out in July. Just trying to wrap my arms around the the process and the timeline, Bucky, because it's a changing world, as we know, but also a changing NFL, it seems, in terms of how teams are, are responding. Well, it's hard, right? It's because right now the public is holding the NFL to a higher standard than we hold law enforcement and the criminal justice system. And so a lot of times on allegations, um, the public wants the National Football League to drop the hammer on their players based on accusations. And so it's very, very hard for a football team and a league that is in the business of putting on entertainment and football to sort through these things because metting out punishment is not necessarily their business. And so the challenge is how do you support your players through these times when you haven't had like the criminal justice system necessarily play it all out and you do have cases that are in civil court, which is different than criminal court because the burden of proof is at a lesser degree. And so I understand the sensitivity um, of the incidents that we're talking about, but I also understand from a front office perspective, in a way they're kind of handcuffed in terms of what they do. Because if they do as it appears the public wants to do, anybody who's accused of anything should go to the sideline. That is very, very difficult to do because the process hasn't played out. And so I don't really know how the league can handle these things going forward to appease and satisfy everyone on the outside. Because if we're talking about civil matters and there are civil suits filed daily against civilians and people in and outside the league, it is just a very slippery slope if they're going to met out punishment immediately on the mere basis of a suit being filed. Yeah, on the surface and and from what we've seen and what has become public in this civil suit, I mean, it's a grisly accusation and and horrific in terms of the details. It it is, but remember, we're hearing it from one side. We're hearing it, and this is not me being insensitive to that side, but I'm saying if we look at two parties involved in a case, you hear one side, Mm -hmm. then you hear the other side, then a decision is made. So often what we want is we hear one side, And we want to make the punishment based off what we've heard from one side. And that is not fair. And that is just what we're saying. And so if we want to put people away in terms of moving them and removing them off the field, I understand. And I understand from the Buffalo Bill standpoint, while people are taking them to task for not making moves at the immediate release of the L.A. Times article or when the the, the victim's representatives contacted the team, I think it's hard for a team in the middle of that to say, okay, we hear this, we see this story, boom, we have to remove him from the team. It's just challenging because then what? Like, like, like how do you continue to met this out if we're going just off of allegations and accusations as opposed to decisions and judgments? No, and that's it, right? We have what the allegations are, and if true, and that's the, the big if in all of this and trying to figure out where this falls. And look, I've said it on this show with you, and certainly while I've been on Fox Sports Radio as a whole, 
the best and worst thing the league ever did was to try to protect the shield in this way because no two cases are going to be the same. Society is going to change at a rapid pace and your policies and procedures may not. The difference between, as you said, civil cases and those being filed, burdened to proof versus going into the criminal court. Back in the Paul Tagliabue day, if as long as you were eligible to walk onto a football field, you were able to walk onto a football field. Now, you might have had teams that had their own internal processes, and, and this is where people are asking a lot of questions of the Bills and in terms of their vetting. And uh, during that press conference, said you know they talked to a, over a dozen teams that had no idea that there was anything there. Mm-hmm. Right in terms of information, so so because so we've always talked about how how thoroughly people vet. Yeah, here's what I want everyone to understand because everyone thinks that the NFL has access to everything that is going on. When you work for a team, every NFL team has someone that is part of NFL security. Normally, it's a former uh, law enforcement agent, either FBI, uh, cop, CIA, whatever that works for the team. He then has the ability to try and contact those that are around these matters to get as much information as he can based on the nature of the cases. But the NFL isn't a national or federal uh, law enforcement agency that has access to everything. They can't subpoena people. They can't do this. And I hear a lot, well, why didn't they reach out to the victim and the victim's representatives or whatever? Because the league is trying to figure out what they can and what they can't do. And they, the Buffalo Bills did have a conversation with the victim's representatives, and they took that information, and the victim's representatives said, but they didn't have follow-up things in an ongoing investigation as they're trying to sort this out, as the general manager is trying to figure out what teams other teams around the league had, because it's all different, because there's 32 different entities operating under one umbrella when it comes to these things. There are things that slip through the cracks, things that haven't been uncovered, um, just like criminal investigations or civil investigations, there's a discovery period. And so I just think people have to understand the nature of the league and the added burden that the public on the outside is putting on the league when it comes to investigating these matters, when their business is not in this, their business in putting on a sport and entertaining millions and millions of fans on the weekend. Well, and that's the thing, right, is that the league – it's not their job, and but as soon as you enacted the policy, people think that it's going to be neat and clean. I don't again, think. I don't even think. I don't even think. I don't even think enacting the policy had to do it. I think what happens is I think people expect the National Football League to hold. They hold the National Football League to a higher standard than they hold normal civilians, normal people at their workplaces, and those things. It is very easy because the National Football League is king. It's the most popular sport in our country. The ratings justify that. It is very easy to attach yourself to the league and say, look at what the Shield is not doing. If people took that same energy, the same energy in their normal civilian life, and attacked these issues that we're talking about, then we probably wouldn't have as many issues as we're having. But you can't have the league held to a higher standard than we're having other people held to. Like, it's not fair to the people that are running the league. It's not fair to the players that are in the league. It's not fair to the personnel directors that are in the league being asked to manage these very difficult and trying circumstances that they're not trained for or prepared to deal with. Yeah, I just was trying to reference the the idea of the early iterations of this. Specifically, go back to Ray Rice. 
after that case, I don't think you were going to get the benefit of the doubt as to how you were handling things. Again, public pressures, public decisions, and once the money starts flowing, right, it becomes an easy, easy target for many things. But also, it allows you to not worry about the real problems in a lot of other cases because your energy goes somewhere else. Because this is a very small percentage of players we're talking about, right? And I think that's the one thing for all the personnel people in the NFL and for the players themselves to stand up every once right. in a while so, and so, just but, say, hey. But here's the, here's the thing, though. So we talk about a very small percentage of players, but the headlines and the clicks – Certainly. Far exceed the minority of the players. Oh, sure. And so what happens is when we have these things and the way that it clouds the league, it is as if the league is a total failure for their inability to maybe properly handle, according to public outcry, a handful of cases that might pop up for them throughout the course of the year when you have a league in which 1,800-plus players play in. you know. And so – I don't know. Like, if I'm Commissioner Goodell, like, I, I don't know how you handle this because it is like Don Quixote swinging and fighting windmills because each and every day there's something coming up. And if we're changing the standard where now we're going from criminal decisions and those things to, A, the mere accusation and allegation should warrant someone being kicked off a team or someone coming off the roster, I don't know how you navigate that. Do you think there would have been a call from, from the league office? in this case, to Buffalo as well with the Ariza situation perhaps to well, I mean, I, kind of push I, I towards mean, a decision? Well, I mean, I think obviously when the dust started kicking up around it and as the story became bigger, one, I would say before it even got to that, the reality of these situations is this. It is a risk-reward debate that you have. All right? Do I want to risk the reputation of the organization and my reward being maybe I have an all pro punter and I'm just keeping it 100. I'm keeping it real. Whereas the Cleveland Browns are saying is the risk worth the reward with a quarterback that we know has a direct impact on your team's ability to compete for a Super Bowl. in the Browns case, yes, it was worth all of the stuff that they've taken on to have a quarterback that in their mind gives them an opportunity to compete Mm -hmm. in the AFC for a title. For the Buffalo Bills, the punt god is a punter. And in their mind, there's like, he's a replaceable part of the team, which is why they were really willing to part ways in this manner. If this was, say, a star quarterback for them, this might go a different way. Star Star power. We've talked about it a lot. And that was one of the issues at play, you know, certainly when we talked about Deshaun Watson quite a bit. People don't like when you bring up the pragmatism of it, but they were looking long-term. Whatever this was going to be out of civil cases. Now, if another criminal case had popped up, maybe it, it changes the decision and changes that math. But certainly once it went and it was all civil cases, now we're just talking about dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. And you're you look, Haslam's been in the news for a lot of things, so that wasn't going to change yes. and the so, court of public opinion on yes. him one way and or so, another. And so that's the other thing because this is such a, a murky thing, right? So a lot of the focus and attention has been on the players, but yet the same energy has not been directed to ownership when it comes to that stuff. When we have issues and situations going around around the Washington Commanders. 
things that we see down with the Miami Dolphins, what we've seen from Robert Kraft. And look, he goes on and on and on and on. Jerry Jones has had his uh, a handful of missteps that they've talked about around the Cowboys. But the energy is not the same when it comes to ownership as it is the players. And so if this is going to be the road and the path that the National Football League takes, where they are going to be the city on the hill and the beacon of light when it comes to negotiating these matters, then it has to be a cut and fast, hard line policy for everyone involved, players, coaches, management, ownership, everything. That'll be the only way that you can clean it up. But if it's going to be this, oh, we'll kind of keep floating and doing it, the league will never do it. And then what that will require, it's going to take some, some queasy moments for the National Football League to deal with that. If they want to clean up the league and make sure that the shield is protected at all costs, then they're going to have to make some hard decisions and some star players, some owners, uh, some general managers, and others are going to have to fall by the wayside to uphold that standard. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. Fox Sports Sunday here, Fox Sports Radio. Important discussions and certainly something the league continues to navigate, whether it's Roger Goodell or when he hands the baton off. A lot of uh, discussion about Kevin Warren of the ever-expanding Big Ten Network perhaps being that next guy. That's kind of whispered out there uh, as well. Find us on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, at Swollen Dome. Uh, Coming up next, we'll get into the letter from Wes Welker that really had me scratching my head, and depending on where you're at uh, with the league and benefits and everything else, I'm sure it ruffled a lot of feathers as well. But first, we kick it over to Isaac Lohenkron. He's got what's trending in the sporting universe. Good morning, Mike and Bucky. We've got some fresh... Northwestern tidbits. Let's go. Coming up in a little bit. I'm just saying. So get ready for that. Uh, Get ready to continue your celebration. We start with NFL preseason action on Saturday night featuring Tom Brady. Took the field in the Buccaneers' 27-10 loss at Indianapolis. Completed 6 out of 8 for 44 yards. And here he was after the game discussing his recent leave of absence from the Buccaneers. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so... You know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. And, you know, it's a uh, continuous process. I hear you, babe. Elsewhere Saturday night, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Washington Commanders 17-15 to for the Ravens' NFL record 23rd consecutive preseason victory. Dolphins over the Eagles 48-10. to Tua Tungavailoa 6-7 of seven for 121, including a 51-yard pass to Tyreek Hill on the first play from scrimmage. Harmon Saturday got even better because the Bears wanted Cleveland 21-10. to Justin Fields 14-16, of 16, 156 yards and three touchdown passes. Baseball Saturday night. A's over the Yankees at 11 innings 3-2, breaking the Yankees' five-game winning streak. Mets over Colorado 3 to nothing, while the Braves lost to the Cardinals 6-5. to So that means that the Mets now lead the NL East by 3 over Atlanta. NBA, the Italian national team a short time ago confirmed that Boston Celtics forward Danilo Gallinari has suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee, but that there is no ligament damage. So, new details now in the aftermath of Northwestern's win over Nebraska yesterday in Dublin, Ireland, that of course, among other things, saw the credit card system and the stadium go down, resulting in free beer for everybody. Well, Lincoln Journal star columnist Amy Just reports that today, the check-in system at the Dublin airport also went down. Oh, boy. At least in the American Airlines terminal. Unfortunately, this time it did not result in free beer. Then on the plane, <laughs> just reported that the flight attendant announced over the loudspeaker, quote, if you're a Northwestern fan, please respect the people who lost yesterday. Don't gloat too much, unquote. And with that, I turn it over to Mike and Bucky for more Northwestern gloating. 
What's wrong with a little bit of gloating? I'm just wearing a hat. I didn't go too far over the top. Exactly. Bucky saw my Flash Gordon shirt and thought it was a Nebraska shirt, Mm. which is kind of funny. I mean, I guess same colors. Uh, 31-28, your final for those that missed that. Thank you, Scott Frost. Good luck. Thanks, Ilo. At Isaac Lowenkrod, where you find him on Twitter. Don't gloat. I mean, isn't that part of it? I mean, you get to sing when you're winning. You should be singing when you're losing, too. You're just happy to enjoy the day, but let's call it what it is. Oh, is that is that what it is? Is that what it is? You, you glow when you win? I guess it depends on how you- don't you, get a little you, bit chesty? It, depend, it depends on how you, you view those things. It depends on if you come from a place where the expectation is that you win and that's what you do, then it's, I mean, this is what we do. So there's no need to put a little extra on it. If uh, you're one who cares around maybe an underdog mentality where you feel like, maybe you, your team is a lesser than, then, yeah, maybe you do get a little chesty when you prove to the naysayers that you can do it. It just kind of depends on your perspective. Well, it's the old Gary Barnett line was expect victory all those years ago. Mm-hmm. I expected victory this Saturday. The be- mm-hmm. odds makers and most pundits did not. You, you, do you view Northwestern as an underdog in the greater scheme of the Big Ten? Uh, the greater scheme, sure. So you Just little, on, on a year-to-year. You're the, so you're the little engine they could? Well, on a year-to-year basis. I mean, it's a very small private school. Right, you don't have a sixty thousand undergrad base recruiting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've built the facility on the lakefront now, so you're getting on par. Pat, Pat, Fisher, Pat Fitzgerald's been there forever. Right, he he's to, an institution, seventeen right. years now. Right, he has to do more with less. But that's just it, right? So things in terms of depth, if mm-hmm. you have injuries and and such, you don't necessarily have another four or five star guy to just roll up like shark's teeth. I guess that's the point. And and your guys, as you would tell me, your guys have to do the schoolwork. Where maybe at some of those other institutions in and around, I think the Big that's 10, a given. I don't even I don't even normally trumpet that not, one they out there. They may not. They may not have to do it. You guys are. I'm still, not saying there aren't some guys that probably skate on their their studies mm-hmm. there but, as well. But but, yeah. but you guys uphold the 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 um, ideal of the student athlete. That's student how it's been before, presented forever. Yes, student before athlete. So. These guys are taking real courses and getting real degrees while also competing at the highest level on the field as opposed to some universities that might be churning out students who are taking lesser classes but dominating on the field. See, that was really well done. You did all the talking for me. He's Bucky Brooks. That's what being a good teammate is all about. Here on Fox Sports Radio, I'm Mike Carmen. Coming up next, the Wes Welker letter. I don't know how much you'll hear on this over the next few days, uh, but this one really stood out to me as it hit the interwebs. Uh, We'll talk about it coming up next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Coming up about 10 minutes, we'll get back into the return of the king. And that's Tom Brady. So I guess more the goat. Uh, as he was on the field yesterday and then in his postgame, gave us some comments and points to ponder about life as a 45-year-old quarterback in the National Football League. But I want to go to a former teammate of his, Bucky, who posted on Twitter, at NFL, I don't have the time or patience for this. Been an employee of the NFL for 18 years and still going. This is Bush League stuff. And with that, he posted a letter that he received with his home address. So I guess if you wanted to write for an autograph in the mail, mm-hmm. here's your opportunity. Uh, dear Mr. Welker, and this is regarding NFL player disability and survivor benefit plan, uh, an underscored initial decision by the Disability Initial Claims Committee. On August 19, 2022, the Disability Initial Claims Committee of the NFL Player Disability and Survivor Benefit Plan reviewed your application for line-of-duty disability benefits and your entire file. The committee noted that Dr. Hussein Ilkowsi was unable to rate your various surgeries due to a lack of supportive documentation within your medical records. Mm. Specifically, there were no records reflecting that the surgeries were performed as a result of injuries sustained while playing in the NFL. Mm. Committee therefore tabled your LOD. I see LOD, I think of the Legion of Doom, and I start going back to wrestling. We snack on danger, we Mm -hmm. dine on death. Uh, To request additional medical records to substantiate that your injuries and resulting surgeries arose out of league football activities. Dr. Mm. Alkowski's report is attached for your reference. Please submit requested documents, blah, 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 no later than October 10th. Really? Did he just go back and have someone pull clips of him getting blown up on the field? Uh, And the injuries sustained in Denver and and all of that? I mean, do we need? Wow. It's funny, man. It's it's a hard deal. Like, And that's the thing. That's the love-hate relationship that some players, former players, have with the league is you sacrifice and you do all those things that you hear coaches talk about, Uh, team over self. Uh, think about the we over me, the collective, not the individual. So you do all those things in hopes of being a part of a team that vies for a championship and does all of those idealistic things that you've heard about since you were a kid. But then as soon as you're done and you're no longer a part of the team or a league, when you go to, I guess, get what is rightfully your oyster based on your sacrifice, your acts of service. Well, what was collectively league, bargained? Yeah. <laughs> It, it becomes in, increasingly difficult 
to be able to take advantage of those things. And so there is a frustration that stems from that. And I understand that when you're issuing out benefits and you're doing that, like you want to make sure that uh, everyone is on the up and up. But I mean, some of the sentiments expressed in that statement, that's tough to hear. That's tough to hear when you're a player that's played 10 years in the league, 10 plus years in the league. You've done a lot. You've been uh, one of the best players in the league. You have been hurt on games in which everybody has seen you in the league get hurt. Yes. That silliness um, is a part of it. It's, I mean, yeah. you were part of the, you know, the players fraternity. You'll always be a, a member of, of that fraternity in the National Football League. I mean, I, that, that's got to be an eyebrow raising kind of thing. Like I heard a couple of minutes of up on game, uh, LeVar and TJ chopping it up on this one and, and TJ going, yeah, I feel that as a former receiver and LeVar going, nope, thank you for all your support and help, you know, complete sarcasm dripping mm-hmm. into the bucket, but clearly just, you know, saying flat out that, you know, claims he made got taken care of, but going through that decision process, I mean, how does that hit, hit your heart? As a guy that played, uh, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because you would like to think that you have done so much, um, you know, the sacrifice that you've given up. Like people talk about blood, sweat, and tears and all of that. I'm sure if you're Wes Welkin, you think about the sacrifices that you made in Miami, New England, Denver, respectively. Like, yeah, you want to you want to be taken care of. And you're not asking for anything that's outside of the expectation outside of what has been collectively bargained. You want the benefits that have been negotiated by the players in the league. Those are things that have been agreed upon. And so you want to make sure that you get what has been agreed upon. And I'm thinking about him specifically. Go back to when he was in Miami returning punts and getting blown up. How he operated Mm -hmm. for both New England and for Denver and the number of times he found a safety, putting a hat on him in a matter of, you know, the instantaneous – collisions making your living over the middle as he did it just I, I think you could find endless tape to corroborate your claims yeah no it's just it's just a very very difficult um it's difficult to read that it's difficult to hear that it's difficult to not be valued in the manner the national football league there you go that and you wonder why there's always a battle uh, between the PA and the league. Tom Brady and the future of the Bucks next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live. Greetings, hour two of the program begins. Fox Sports Sunday here, Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks, five years in the league, NFL Network, NFL.com. We'll get into his latest for NFL.com a little bit later on in the show. So much going on. Fantasy drafts this week. What do we got, Bucky? What's what's popping there? And could Um, I get you into a guillotine league before it's all said and done? I I, I don't even know what a guillotine league is. Guillotine league is one of the greatest concepts ever invented. The idea being if you finish last in a week, you're gone. You get cut off. And all those players go to waivers. And now everybody gets to bid on those those players. Very it's very cruel. It's almost like what is it? You got you soccer guys. Was it relegation? Relegation, yeah. Yeah, it's relegation in season and ongoing relegation thought. If I don't keep up. I finished second last year. I have one bad week and I'm I'm out. It's the way just don't finish last. So I'm just playing There's a bad week and then there's a terrible week. I'm just playing to be average. Like average, you keep well, but then in. you keep, yeah, you play to be average, but you start acquiring assets as the season goes on, right? And you get your thousand dollar free agent acquisition budget. You go to try to win on the the waiver claims. Last year, I ended up losing to a guy because I had no money left because I kept adding on to my team and well overbidding. It would appear for several of those players. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the season, the guy that I was up against had one of the greatest all-star teams ever assembled. Because <laughs> I could only bid, say, 10 or 15 bucks for a guy. He still had, eh, I can go 40 Like, all oh, right, there's still, nothing you can do there. Yeah, there's nothing. He's but taking all the best players. But I still finished second, so I'll take it. But it's an interesting concept. It goes for the, you, got, you need 18 people. Like, that's the big thing. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to entice to do that, especially if you, you, you do all that, you go through, all of the stuff that you do and getting ready for the draft and doing a, and then it's after it's over after one week. Cause that's the other thing is like, you're not drafting necessarily the same way either. You might just be looking to survive week one, week oh, two. If you, if you're you talking about I mean? it, man, we talk about the league being a week to week league. That is really <laughs> a week to the week. The epitome of it. I no mean, question about a, it. A one week at a time. You are at full Marty Schottenheimer mode right there. We're just trying to go one and over the week. Um, but that's a pretty good life philosophy. I mean, that's something we've adopted. Certainly Northwestern adopted. Pat Fitzgerald's been preaching that for one, years up one in there. 1-0 mentality. That's it. I and mean, that, part, that's part of a bigger thing. If you have a 1-0 mentality, then that means you, you're also preaching one play at a time and all that other stuff. Such a hard concept for everyone to get, to, that, to grasp and to follow. Well, when I get in uh, the group chat with my brothers, that's how we end it. One of us is going to put out the 1-0. Because <laughs> you're going well, but it, well, because you're going through a bunch of nonsense in your lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, whether it's home life, whether it's work, whether you got a relationship problem at work or at home, or you know, someone's sick or whatever the case may be. The goal is at the end, it, it goes back to the find your wins, which I'll relaunch mm-hmm. here in short order. But just that idea that you got to go find that bit of positivity for the day to say, on whole, I won the day. And in this case, you got to win the game because otherwise, you're relegated. Yeah, we don't want you to be relegated. No as, one wants that. And as we, we talk about that, we're uh, into the second half of a Premier League game. we got an F1 race. Got a little NASCAR season finale out of Daytona, which was 
uh, delayed until this morning. So we'll have that full slate of Major League Baseball. And, and we'll have the finales of this preseason for the National Football League coming up a little bit later on today. We've got the Giants and the Jets, and then we've got Detroit and Pittsburgh. So our guy Chris Perfett is going to have to suck down a couple of energy drinks and try to stay awake for that mm. one. So we got that, and it's the Kenny Pickett Derby. Can he go and outright win mm. the job today? We'll talk about him in a few minutes. But first, turn our attention back to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, we know, left the squad for those 11 days. Rumor, conjecture, speculation, a million things. Uh, here's the first mention of it on this show. You had the masked singer theory that propped up. Uh, all mm. sorts of concerns about family and vacations and is it, relationship with Giselle on the rocks, mom and dad, are they okay? All of these different things. Brady returns to the field, 6 of 8, 44 yards, field goal attempt, eventually Gabbert, Trask, etc. But even with all the offensive line attrition, you have the quick release, quick out of the football, and all that Tom knows, learned, etc. The feel for the game doesn't drift even at 45. But after the game, was asked a, a lot of questions about those 11 days, trying to get some clarity. Here's one of the answers he provided. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on. So, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. And, you know, it's a uh, continuous process. Pretty, uh, pretty mm -hmm. straightforward there. He had another <laughs> line talking about the thankfulness of this being part of his NFL journey. And there were a couple times where if you really wanted to parse things out, like maybe mistakes made in terms of tenses, but speaking extemporaneously, not necessarily want to go into intent there, but had have all of those kind of things to where if you really wanted to nitpick, you could say, well, he kind of talking about it like this is in the past tense. Mm -hmm. But a lot of thanks to Arians, to Bowles, to the front office and everybody else that once again, had tongues wagging, and for, for a lot of scribes, at least in Tampa, added more questions than perhaps it answered. But it, even in this clip that you just heard, 45, there's a lot going on. And that's, that's for all of us. As you just said, you're trying to go 1-0. and oh. And for him, it, a lot of people questioning resolve and what he wants to do. How much is he committed to this squad? If he wasn't committed to playing football, he wouldn't be there. I, I'm not going to take a guy who's been there for 22 years and think that just because he missed 11 days of camp, which, by the way, was pretty good for Gabbert and Trask probably to get mm. as many reps as you want, particularly with a 45-year-old quarterback that everybody keeps expecting to get hurt or suddenly have his arm fall off from all the throws. Probably not a bad thing for those guys to get some reps. But for Brady, like he's in camp. Mm -hmm. Asked, answered, done. Uh, you know, it's this is a lot. I think his his statement is so revealing and telling when he talks about man. He's forty five and he has a lot of stuff going on. Um, Harmon, you and I have been through stuff like in 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 the forties, and life is different than in your twenties. Absolutely. And so you're navigating a bunch of different things: family issues, parenting. You also have parents. If you're fortunate enough for your parents still to be alive, like they may or may not be in declining health. And so it's almost as if life is coming full circle. Uh, as my dad said, twice a child, once an adult, twice a child. And so you now may be moving or more towards caretaker status. Sure. 
Um, and so you're dealing with a lot of stuff off the field that could impact your ability to perform on the field. And so during the 11-day hiatus in which Tom Brady was away, who knows what he was actually dealing with. Maybe it's stuff that was he and Giselle having to kind of figure some things out and get that right so he could have his family intact the way that he wants it so then he can focus on the other stuff. Because it is hard for everybody in this league to be at your best between the lines when you're off to feel life is messy. And so if he had to take some time away to clean all that up, to get it kind of in line, so then he could focus on being the best football player that he can be, then you have to give him that time. Tom Brady has earned the right as a seven-time Super Bowl champion to get a little leeway when it comes to how he has to prepare during this time. Yeah, and I guess that's the, the larger question. I understand if some teammates might grouse. Right, we're in the heat, we're in the humidity for those 11 days that he's not. But we talk about it all the time. In, in every walk of life, particularly in sports, star rules. Right? Mm-hmm. Star rules. And an 11-day absence, while it is out of sorts and certainly not something we've seen with any regularity, it's still Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And I've got to, if I'm a teammate, I'm a coach, have some bit of belief and and not even some bit. I I have to really understand that he's going to be ready for week one. Mm -hmm. Right. That even if he's away, I I'm not, I'm not believing for a minute that for those 11 days at no point did the iPad or whatever the surface or whatever the league sponsor is that a playbook wasn't seen. Yeah. Right, that he wasn't still doing mental work and still going through some workouts and whatever, that he was just sitting on a beach for 11 days. No, look, this is a guy who's a winner, the ultimate winner. He understands that his success comes from his preparation. So he he's seen it. Also, as an experienced player with 20-plus years in the league, he's seen everything that you could possibly see, particularly as a quarterback. Every front, every coverage, every blitz, every disguise, every little tactic that you can think about throwing at a quarterback, at some point in his career, he has faced. So the game is slow motion for him. As he talked about a a couple years ago, why would I leave now when I know what's coming, when the game is like slow motion for me? And so he'll figure it out. Now, his team might not be as good as he initially thought it would be when he returned. Well, how about we go there next? Let's talk about the NFC South and what we've got rolling up within the division, because there's a lot of questions. We've talked a lot about the the Carolina Panthers, so we'll we'll start with them and the Buccaneers. Uh, Atlanta is a mm-hmm. bit of a curiosity uh, as we go. So we'll get into divisional breakdowns here, Fox. But it's not football Sunday yet. It's just Fox Sports Sunday still. It's Bucky Brooks. It's Mike Harmon, uh, and we'll do that next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live. Bucky's now going to dance. Or play the saxophone, I'm not sure... Welcome back in. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Get just, after just, it. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter. NFL.com, NFL Network. The podcast, Move the Sticks. Get smarter with your football knowledge each week. You can also download the I Watch Flex podcast. Myself, Dan Byer, doing the fantasy realm uh, and really revving that up for the third year. So you can grab that, of course, at Swollen Dome on Twitter. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him uh, as well, talking about the NFC South, the Buccaneers, and the thing that stands out, just the number of injured players. When we talk about the offensive line, uh, Leverett, the latest added to the list yesterday. You look at Godwin coming back off injury. Mike Evans has had spots where he's not been 100 uh, here of late. Running back position in flux a little bit. But you had the Buccaneers at 13-4 and four a year ago. And you still have number 12 under center. Mm-hmm. So even with Rob Gronkowski for the moment in retirement, and I think he doth protest a little too much about his retirement, but he is what he is in the grand scheme because you don't expect him to play a full season no. at this point, right? He, he's set up for what load management was on a grander scale in the NFL. How you feeling? How's the body? Can you get right in about a month? Yeah, come on back. Uh, we've got New Orleans finished second last year, 9-8. and eight, Atlanta at 7-10. And you had Carolina bringing up the rear at 5-12. and 12. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with all of the injuries, as you've seen, as we talked about a few minutes ago, Bucky, I don't, I don't put much in, stock in the 11 days away other than trying to get right with your center. But I don't think that takes weeks to get used to a snap coming up. That could just be me, you know, mm-hmm. and and not knowing anything, and never having played quarterback or center in my life. But I gotta figure you can get that communication can be built within a couple of weeks at least to be functional. Yes. Yeah. No. It doesn't take long. Uh, it doesn't take long for it to come back. I think the bigger thing is getting how long does it take for your legs to come back? Uh, get the sea legs out, and even then you may have an, an initial surge where you're like, oh, okay, in a couple of weeks I feel better. But then in three or four weeks after that, then the the fatigue and the that part sets in but it can be a process so if you do go from it's almost like couch potato to 5k couch potato to marathon uh you have to have a a nice slow plan to get people ready to play but yeah you certainly can get somebody ready in a few weeks plan the work work the plan uh julio jones what do you expect him to contribute to this squad what's he got left in the tank 
I don't know, the Julio Jones that we've seen on the field the last couple of years is like a far cry from the guy that once dominated and was the prototypical number one receiver in the National Football League. Is that Randy um, Moss in his final year with the Raiders that we saw a little bit, or is that this really a decline in? Uh, I mean, he's played a long time, and he's not what he was. He can still function, and maybe this would be a solid spot for him. The problem that I see with him fitting in in Tampa Bay, he's not a necessarily natural slot receiver. He's always played pretty much on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they moved him. He was a flanker, so they could move him around. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin already in those spots. Their games are, are similar because they're big-bodied guys. He doesn't have the quickness that Antonio Brown has. He's a little different than what Scotty Miller was. I, I'm just curious into how they use him because I'm looking at his skill set, and I don't know if you can get maximum production out of him based on where he is if you put him in a new role. Curiosities, certainly, and, and a good defense, right? All the mm-hmm. returning pieces there. We move to New Orleans where you got Jameis Winston. Hasn't been able to be right physically. right? We saw him play a few games last year, a couple of big blow-up, eye-raising Situation: Sean Payton clearly no longer there. But we look at the offensive weaponry. Again, defense is set. We like the New Orleans defense. I don't see, mm-hmm. think anybody puts them outside of a top five, top seven rating if we're going to go full unit. But we look at the offense, and on paper, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas coming back to whatever capacity. We don't know. Is he a 150-target guy again? Maybe, maybe not. But you mm-hmm. bring in Olave. You bring in Jarvis Landry, so you got your move-the-chains guy, you got your over-the-top guy, and then Michael Thomas, who can box out like he's a power forward. And Alvin Kamara, as far as we can tell, any disciplinary thing that may come from the league wouldn't come till next season. So you've got him back to anchor your backfield. Mark Ingram, the bulldozer, returns. We saw him a little bit in their preseason. But it all begins and ends with, Jameis Winston and what's expected of him and what he's able to contribute because otherwise behind door number two the red rifle Andy Dalton is sitting there waiting for you Bucky Mm. (laughs) it's funny this the the thing about Andy Dalton right because now Andy Dalton goes to the New Orleans Saints and people are talking about they have a guy that's a potential starter but if I'm not mistaken, you had a chance to watch Andy Dalton last year in Chicago. Well, I don't. I don't think he should have been pulled when he was, but he was. Was he how great? Was he? No. Mm. Uh, well, but how much of that is Matt Nagy? Okay, but how great was he with the Cowboys? Played pretty well. I'm sorry. But that, okay. but that's it. He, He's okay. He's you know what he was you know Andy, okay. You know Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton is beige paint. There's nothing exciting oh, nice. about beige paint. Yeah. Hey, we're going to paint the kitchen beige. You just didn't mm. want want to show the wallboard <laughs> is what it comes down to. You didn't want yeah, to so show the US, U.S. Gypsum logo yeah, behind there? Yeah, he, he's fine. No, but, but that's just it. He's okay. He's okay. But that's the question, better. right, when now, you look at it overall of now trying to move the That said, okay can get you wins depending upon the supporting cast. If the supporting cast is great, which in New Orleans the supporting cast is pretty good on the perimeter, Running game with Alvin Kamara. If Alvin Kamara is available, he's solid. Offensive line has some question marks now because we don't know how long Trevor Penning is going to be out with this turf toe. Sounds sounds deal. pretty bad from the initial. No, I can tell you, like, man, if you if you never had turf toe, like, imagine, like, some some of the listeners have had to work in like steel toe work boots, right? Mm-hmm. 
So when you come back from a turf toe, what they do is they put a steel plate in your shoe to kind of prevent it from whatever, to limit deflect the movement. It is not a fun deal <laughs> okay. to play in. And it takes a different level of toughness to kind of deal with that. But if he's able to navigate that, he helps them. And so a lot of it will depend upon the offensive line and can they keep Andy Dalton protected if he had to go in there and play. Um, but this well, that was one thing that is the commonality and the common thread from Dallas to the that back end of the year. Their offensive line was in shambles. Terrible. So Andy Dalton trying to be on the move. No. In Chicago, what was one of their biggest issues outside of Matt Nagy and play calling was yeah, okay. the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And so now you're you're trying to re- retrofit that. We'll get into Justin Fields and the day he had to see your evaluation because right now you got a bunch of people in Chicago keeping score of national media that are saying they're going to have the number one pick, that that's how bad they are. I don't think they'll do that because here's the thing I would say about the Bears, and no one wants to believe it. You can win a lot of games in the National Football League if you hate, if you play hard and you exhibit toughness. And by toughness, I mean – Mental and physical, mm-hmm. meaning that you're disciplined enough to do exactly what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do, and how you're supposed to do it. Physically, if you can play a style of play where you knock people around and you make people pay for catching the ball in space, for running the ball in between the tackles, for lining up on defense and running it right at them. If the Bears opt for that approach, and I believe that's what they're going to do because listening to Matt Eberflus, that's how he likes to get down. They can be a very competitive team. Now, I'm not going to sit here and, and blow smoke up you and say, hey, man, this team is going to win 10 games. This team will be far more competitive than people give them credit for. No, and, and that's the thing. And not being a homer, it's it's just a different attitude and approach, as you said, with Eberflus. Anybody around Bears camp, and again, national mm-hmm. versus local guys watching the day-to-day grind, talking about the devil being in the details, which is what we celebrate from a Nick Saban, a Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. And I'm not trying to put Eberflus on that that level at all, but at least you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if the first thing is you're holding everybody accountable, and that's what a lot of the veterans have said in their press Number, number one well. thing. Number one thing. Now, the guy that I, I knew um, for the Bears has since been let go, but he talked about the number one thing that every player that was coming back said, what they wanted in a new coach. More discipline and attention to detail. Everyone being held accountable from player 53 to number one. So Eberflus is that guy. If you were around the Indianapolis Colts and you watched him and you watched the way they practice on defense, everyone flying to the ball, Mm -hmm. everyone making a concerted effort to punch the ball out, knock the ball out, take it away at every turn. A very simplistic defense that people hate, like, oh, it's so simple. They don't have any bells and whistles. Nope. We're not out here trying to trick you. But we talked about that. If you do it right – we're going to and execute. you contain and, and you play your assignment. We talked about it with your high school team, yeah. right? We're going to run to the ball. We're not going to let the ball fly over our head. We're going to keep it in front, and we're going to knock you around. And we're going to see after 60 minutes of you getting pelted with body blows, can you stand up? And if you can, we'll shake your hand and say, hey, great game. That's how Matt Eberflus wants to play. To me, he's going back to playing what I call Chicago Bears football. Chicago has never been – a team in a franchise that was governed by the offense. It is always about the defense, the running game, and the overall physicality of the Bears that won games. When they went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman and those guys, it was a star-studded defense 
that led the way. And everything that could go right did. Right? But you so, made, you try to make so, opportunities, but so, the ball found its way yeah. into defense. I mean, they scored a ton of defensive touchdowns, and Devin Hester mm-hmm. was touched by God that mm-hmm. year. Not that he wasn't didn't have a great career, so, but that year? Okay, so, man, that so, was then, so then let's go back. Because what typically happens is when you try and go a different route. So Lovey Smith was a coach of that time, defensive-oriented. People talked about the offense being boring and slow, whatever. Simplistic defense, Tampa 2, all this. Well, Eberflus comes from that disciple because Eberflus cut his teeth up under Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli, Lovey Smith, and all those guys are Tony Dungy disciples. Like, they all believe in the same stuff. And so if the Bears are playing the way that Eberflus wants them to play, defensively they're going to they're gonna create turnovers. They're going to knock it around. They're going to hustle and do those things. Offensively, they could have more juice because they're running the Shanahan system. Zone run one way, Justin Fields, bootleg and movement passing game the other way. It protects an average to below average offensive line because now you just elephants on parade. Hey, we're running the zone to the right. All the elephants run to the right. Justin Fields, you fake it to the right. You always backdoor out the left and make that backside defensive end pause because then that allows you to cut it back if you're the running back. Mm-hmm. It holds the defender. We saw it. Now, I know people are going to talk about that preseason game, 13 for 15, maybe 158, three tubs. Everyone's like, oh, hey, rhythm and flow. Rhythm and flow. It doesn't matter who they had out there. I want to see the ball go in to build confidence. And so now if you're offense, the offense, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You feel better going into week one. We've seen some good things from the offense. Moody, to me, I, I never really paid attention to him. He's a legitimate He's a player. Dude. He's yeah. a legitimate dude. Like, he's just – off the grid because he's in Chicago, and he's a legitimate player. Somebody else has to emerge in the passing game. But they're good enough just to irritate you for four quarters. And if they play the right way, and you hear me use the, the thing, DBOs, don't beat ourselves. So don't beat ourselves in, in nomenclature in the National Football League is this. Number one, don't turn the ball over. You got to win the turnover battle. Two, no pre-snap penalties. Don't give up silly stuff, pre-snap, false starts, neutral zone infractions, things that you can control. Number three, no big plays allowed. Don't let the ball fly over top. Don't let it get outside the defense. Make them drive the length of the field. And the fourth thing is no no kicking game errors. If you do those four things, the numbers tell you you can win like 75% of your games. If you just take care care of your business, don't turn it over, don't let it fly over your head, don't give them extra yards, and don't – Put the ball on the ground in the kicking game or get it blocked. You're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter. Then it's about can you make enough plays to win? Well, and under center, got to believe you've got that dude, right, that's going to be able to make that one extra play, whether it's with his leg mm-hmm. or we saw it yesterday on display. I mean, it's a rocket coming out. I mean, that touchdown dude pass is Griffin. And I get annoyed because I don't think people appreciated his talent in the draft. And I just hope that he has an opportunity to show people how talented he was. Well, because last year, I mean, they played Cleveland yesterday. So, I mean, only appropriate that he has a, a big showing, given that that might have been the mm-hmm. most egregious example of coaching malpractice just, just I've all, ever awful, seen. Awful game plan. He like, even joked about it after the game. He's like, I really was glad 95 wasn't out there. Oh, for sure. Right, because Miles Garrett, he wore him, him like a suit last year. He beat him up. It wasn't a great game plan. Well, now, now we're going to see it. And guess he's going to have some first-time play caller struggles. Sure. But the system that is in place, what they're running, 
is a solid system. And it's a system that I think most young quarterbacks should be in because it makes it very, very easy for guys to rack up completions because it's very layered. Half-field reads at times, off the bootlegs, two- and three-man routes, which gives you maximum protection up front. Um, Those things work. Because you're on the move, it changes the pocket location, so you can't just beat and say, hey, we're going to bless him. He's always going to be at the the center of the pocket right behind the center. There's some things that will help Justin Fields have success. The biggest question is, can the offensive line hold up? They moved Tevin Jenkins inside a guard, and by all accounts, it's been a solid move. He's still learning, but it's been solid for him being inside. So we'll see. But I would not say that, oh, this team is going to be absolute terrible. I don't think people are looking at the talent that they have because they're good enough on defense right now to just be competitive and scrappy. It's just the same old narrative, right? Just assume, take last year's analysis and just apply it. Like what happened in week 17, week 18 last year? Not the same team. Mm-hmm. So some of it I think is just lazy laziness oh, sure. in, in terms mm-hmm. of adopt adapting and actually watching or listening to the local voices. Now there's homerism gonna be filtered in. You gotta filter that out. There's gonna be noise. But you you look at what they've done, at least from a personnel standpoint and from philosophically, they're miles apart from where they are with a new GM and a new attitude. I mean absolutely miles apart. The biggest thing is Rokon Smith comes in. In the middle of all of this stuff that was contracting, it seems like he and Matt Eberflus are on the same page. Matt Eberflus seems like he is the biggest Roquan Smith fan. Hey, man, and a lot of coaches will say this, what takes place between you and front office has nothing to do with me. I'm, We're on the same page. You're my right. guy. He is quoted as saying, anyone who plays this position in this defense, look at it for years. Derrick Brooks, Shaquille Leonard, like – these guys are stars. It is set up for Roquan Smith to be a star. Be a star, and he'll get his. In his defense. Yeah. And so if he shows up and his mind is right, he is going to make a million gazillion plays. Just ready for, to see that happen because it's been a weird offseason as to the front office of I that. Mean, but it's every but that's the, that's but I mean, that's the, that's the mom and pop. Well, that organization the in family particular, business. the family business. So uh, trying to get them to think bigger. And the Arlington Park thing, Park thing is mm-hmm. is part of thinking bigger and a grander vision, and maybe that translates onto the field. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen. We'll get back into the NFC South a little bit later on in the program. But right now, let's turn it over to our guy, Isaac Lohenkron. Find out what's trending here in our sporting universe. Mike and Bucky, we start in the National Football League. We're on Saturday evening. The Buffalo Bills released rookie punter Matt Ariza two days after a civil lawsuit was filed in San Diego that accused him of sexually assaulting a 17-year-old girl. Here was Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean on Sunday evening. This is bigger than football, and our culture here is is more important to us than winning football games. On the field on Saturday night, the Indianapolis Colts defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-10. Tom Brady did play. He completed six of eight passes for 44 yards, and here he was after the game discussing his recent leave of absence from the team. He was not the masked singer, and no, he was not kidnapped by aliens, though I can't say that last part definitively, I suppose. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can, and, you know, it's a... Uh, Continuous process. Yeah, come to think of it, I, I can't 100% confirm that he was not kidnapped by aliens. I would just dub it as highly unlikely. That's hey, all. Ilo, if I put that on a t shirt, you think he'll sue me? 
Who, Tom Brady? I'm 45, and I got a lot of blank going around. <laughs> uh, no, he's not going to sue you because he will have already sued the dozen people who have already set that in motion. Oh, never mind. Judging from what I've seen on social media over the last 12 hours. Also, within the last 12 hours plus, the Baltimore Ravens added to one of the more unusual feats in sports history and perhaps one of the least important, relatively speaking, feats, but they beat the Washington Commanders 17-15 to for their NFL record 20 23rd consecutive preseason victory. Take that, 72 Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins, they defeated the Eagles 48-10. to Tua Tungavailoa completed 6-7 of seven for 121. Bears wanted Cleveland 21-10. to How about Justin Fields there, Harmon? 14 of 16 yeah. for 156 and three touchdown passes. Baseball Saturday night. A's over the Yankees in 11 innings, 3-2, breaking the Yankees' five-game winning streak. Finally, in the NBA, the Italian national team confirmed that Boston Celtics forward Danilo Gallinari has suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee. However, there is no ligament damage. Mike and Bucky, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. At Isaac Lowenkron is where you find him on Twitter. Coming up next, remember Brady when he left New England? Suddenly we got his personality. You got that sound clip that Isaac just played right there. Don't know if you'd get that. Well, I don't know that he would have gone, been gone for 11 days if he was still in New England. But the point being made that once he got down to Tampa, he seemed freed. Mm-hmm. Another quarterback who's kind of letting things fly now that he's in a different color uniform. We'll talk about that and what it all means next here on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings. Welcome back in Fox Sports Radio's Fox Sports Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Team is assembled. Executive producer Tab, our guy Chris Perfett, technical producer, getting ready for Lions and Steelers a little later on today, and Isaac Lowenkron on the updates, making a sound all so pretty. Thanks for being part of the extended family here. We do appreciate it. No question about it. Talked about it a little bit before, Bucky, with all of the Tom Brady. I think folks still, even in year three, trying to wrap their arms around the the guy that, well, he's, I think, always been snarky. Mm-hmm. But you didn't see it with the same level that you do now with all the different business ventures and social media opportunities and everything else. Even the little joke he put out the other day with, you know, the underwear brand of, all right, here's how I, you know, make myself look better and here you buy yourself a nice pair of socks uh, along the way. But another guy that's kind of showing himself a a little bit differently is the wonderful world uh, of Russell Wilson and (laughs) heads to Denver and a lot of excitement, right? People really thinking this is going to be uh, some giant transformative thing for the Broncos, for their offense. And then Russell Wilson, uh, as he's being asked uh, about the organization and difference and everything else, says he's excited to not have to shoulder the load alone in Mm. Denver Mm. with a nice little wave and a smile uh, that I included in the cartoon that's in my head. Uh, going back to Schneider and, and Pete Carroll of what was going on uh, in in Seattle. And, and you could say the run game sputtered and, and drafting, and, and we've talked about mm-hmm. this a bit, but for those new to the program, audience always changing, the draft philosophy and the team-building philosophy changes as your quarterback goes and becomes what Russell Wilson was to the Seattle Seahawks. So you get away from what built that team originally, which if, if I'm if, – Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. A decade later, it seems like that's where they're restarting, yeah. And try in Seattle anyway, and trying to build that thing again. 
through the draft and acquisitions and, and keeping a couple of key pieces like DK Metcalf, but trying to build it up from scratch again. Whereas Russell Wilson saying, well, you know, I, it was all me down the end, which I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how that hits in Seattle, but you as an astute observer of players and, and mm-hmm. their uh, personalities mm-hmm. and their value, what do you take from that? Well, what I take from it is like it's funny, like uh, how it is, right? So he's contending that it was all him. Everything was on him, and he needed to do so much when early in his career it wasn't about him, and he grew frustrated with that part because it was about the defense and Marshawn Lynch right? and the way they played complimentary football and those things, and he was great as a – side entree to the, the the meal that was the Seattle Seahawks. Because remember, he enjoyed his most team success when the team ran the ball over 50% of the time. Because it was part of Pete Carroll's deal, we're going to run it, play great defense, we're going to win these games late, because he was a magician in the fourth quarter. But the way that the team operated, they operated under apprentice because it always gave them a chance to be in games. No turnovers, do those things. He was great taking care of the ball. Now, as they transitioned away from some of the stars that were on that defense that were noisy, who always might have viewed Russell as more the game manager than the celebrated playmaker that we on our side wanted him to be, it changed. And so then the defense became weaker when you lost the Michael Bennett's and the Richard Sherman's and the Brandon Browners and the Maxwell's and some of the other stars that were on that unit. It also changed offensively when Marshawn Lynch was no longer there because I don't care what they say. Marshawn Lynch was the focal point of that offense when they were at their best. Beast mode was the one that gave them their offensive identity with this physicality, toughness and rugged running ability. Big offensive line, right? A couple of Hall of Famers coming out of all of that. And then Marshawn Lynch punishes you. So by the fourth quarter, yes, you're a bit beat up. Russell's throwing the ball 22 to 28 times a game. Their winning is complimentary. Well, then it came about, well, we got these. Because remember back then they had Doug Baldwin and a bunch of unheralded Well, that's receivers. just it. That was the identity of all those guys, right? They were all mid-round, late-round, undrafted guys. Okay, so all so, the big chips on yeah, the shoulders. Yeah. So, so, so Okay, so yeah. now we upgrade it. We go and spend draft capital, get you Tyler Lockett. We got DK Metcalf, two guys that have played at a Pro Bowl level. Um, we removed Marshawn Lynch. We got younger, supposedly more dynamic running backs. But now it's about Russell. Russell, you got the big contract. So now it goes from you being the manager to the playmaker. And so it changes. So, yeah, now I'm throwing the ball all over the yard, but I can't control the game because I can't run the football like we ran it. So now, yeah, we are in these contests because I can't control the game. And so Russ wants to have it. But I'm a, I'm still going to say this. This team that he's playing with in Denver is not to the level that the team he left offensively in Seattle. It's a bunch of unprovens on the outside. Jerry Judy, who I like. K.J. Kamler coming off of ACL. Court, Cortland Sutton coming off of ACL two years ago. Right, and you lost Tim Patrick. Right. For the year. Running game. I like Javante Williams. Solid. I, I like what they've got in the backfield because I think Melvin Gordon's but the still offensive line, a offensive line has to prove that they can move people. Yeah. But he's going to go back. He's going to be in a – if they're playing to their strengths, 
he's going to be in an offense that looks eerily similar to the offense. It should be going through Javante Williams, shouldn't it? It should be. I mean, again, We're the offensive running, line isn't what Seattle's was at that their start. Defense, their defense is supposed to be really good. But their defense is supposed to be, yeah. So, okay, so what I'm hearing is, okay, Javante Williams running game, Denver Broncos defense carrying, oh, Russell, we need you to go back to being more of the managerial player at the position more so than the playmaker. Oh, so what we want is what you came into the league being. Because that's what it should look like if they're winning. Especially in that division. Where they're the fourth team in the division. But like grinding grinding games and then allowing him to make a play. In the fourth quarter. Because you don't want shootouts. You're not winning a shootout against these teams in that division. You don't have enough, Any of them. You don't have enough weaponry. Your offense doesn't rank up there. I don't care what they say about the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offense doesn't rank up there with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers, and even the Raiders. You do not want to get in a shootout and say, oh, we're going to play games that are in the 30s. You want to control the tempo, slow it down, and see if we can win in the fourth quarter because they still, in my estimation, are going to the gunfight with a butter knife. They don't stick up with those other teams like that. See what you got there? We, we just did in a preview of the AFC West, at least for one team. They're in the basement. And I think we're in agreement with that when we go through. The offensive line is a massive question for this squad, and it should run through Williams and Gordon. Like the Gotta two of them the should be yeah. 30 touches at a minimum per game for this to be successful. But I thought it was interesting to try to push away from Seattle. I was like, no, you had got what you wanted the last couple Re- of years. Revisionist history. Completely. Like, they did everything to tailor it. Let Russ cook. They let they Russ cook. They bought into it. They let Russ cook. I don't think he wants to cook. I think he wants someone else to make the meal and just to consume it. He's Bucky. I'm Mike uh, at Bucky Brooks on Twitter. Find me over at Swollen Dome. And coming up next, we turn our attention to when is a decision? Well, not really a decision. College football next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Greetings, welcome in. Second half of the show begins. Mike Harmon, Bucky Brooks with you here. Fox Sports Radio's Fox Sports Sunday. 
excited to be here because we're that much closer to the start of our next 272-game experiment that is the National Football League regular season. Two preseason games left to finish off this part of the schedule. We'll get into well, one of those squads. We've got Detroit and Pittsburgh getting after it a little bit later. The Steelers and their quarterback decision, something we've been chronicling all during camp. We'll get to the conclusion. And then, of course, an announcement at some point from Mike Tomlin as to how that goes. Uh, probably won't come as quickly post-game as Seattle's did the other day. But we'll get into Pete Carroll uh, and that decision in a little bit, tanking, uh, and so on. Uh, at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, read him NFL.com, see him NFL Network, Fox Sports 1. Hear him here every Sunday and selected periods during the week as he takes over the airwaves. My guy, Bucky Brooks. Feeling good? Second half begins, buddy. Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling great, ready uh, to get into this. You're right. We're we're looking up. We got replays from uh, NFL preseason games. Tampa and Indianapolis is on. We got Little League World Series. Uh, there's some high school games that are being played and a little Premier League. We just had an F1 race finish as well. So, I mean, you know, you got all sorts of activity and excitement going around, as it were. So, it's good for good for business. No question about it. Uh, once again, uh, well, it's for stopping atop the uh, the leaderboard uh, for the F1 finale there. So if you had him on your bingo card in the Belgian Grand Prix, uh, you win once again. If you're sitting on a stack of Verstappen cards, you're feeling pretty good. If you're sitting on a 52 Mickey Mantle, even if it's a very low grade right now, you're feeling pretty good. After a high grade Mantle goes for $12.6 million, Bucky, mm. in the latest Sports card auction that gets people that is, that is a lot. That is a lot. It's trophy, man. It's the thing I try to uh, remind folks with all of this. People like to have their chips. Yeah. And you play at different levels, right? We talk about it a lot with uh, sports teams. Why do owners have them? Well, it's a toy. Why do you own a big yacht? Why does it need to be five feet bigger than the other owners or the other guy in your yacht club? Just because. Just because, right? Just because. <laughs> Likewise, if you're into collecting things, you want the biggest, the brightest. One of the things I'm looking forward to, to seeing as it travels about, the Jim Ursay collection. Mm-hmm. As you know, he's a big rock and roll memorabilia guy. So he's got the million-dollar piano from Elton John. He's got a bunch of Lennon and Hendrix and other stuff. And why does he have it? Because it's cool. That, I mean, why, why else? But that's it, uh, right? Just, Likewise, a $12.6 million baseball card. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Why did, why did you buy it? Finest example, and because I can. I don't, I don't judge where people spend their money. Yeah, that's, you know what? Do what, what you're you going to do. I, I can do it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's why. No, that's, that's it. That's why you knock it out. That's why you do it. Yeah, people make decisions, and sometimes they tell you they've made a decision, but they've really just kicked the can down the road. That is the segue to the Michigan Wolverines. As I continue to celebrate the victory 31-28 in Dublin by my Northwestern Wildcats in a fantastic exhibition of great sportsmanship camaraderie. And as Pat Fitzgerald would say, good, clean Irish fun yesterday. Normally it's good, clean American fun after mm-hmm. a game. Uh, here's the Michigan Twitter account and the uh, it says QB update. And then they've got on, well, some digital letterhead. We have made a decision. Both quarterbacks have played great. Done everything they could have and in every way to win the starting job. Coming out of camp, I just feel like we have two quarterbacks. Cade McNamara 
and J.J. McCarthy, that we feel confident that we can win a championship with either of those two behind center. By the way, this just feels like he read it into Mm -hmm. some app that was just translated because these are not complete sentences, but that's fine. (laughs) It's a great thing for our team, but there's only one ball and only one quarterback can be out there at a time. Thanks, Coach. Uh, So we're not ready to say who our starting quarterback is, but the decision is that Cade McNamara will start the opener against Colorado State and J.J. McCarthy will start the second ball game against Hawaii. And then after week two, we'll make a decision going into week three on the starter and backup. Mm. We made a decision in that in week three, we will make another decision. (laughs) Coming off a playoff appearance and a resurgence to a program to get people fired up and excited. The follow-up is that. That's the follow-up. That's the follow-up to what was one of the greatest seasons and saved his bacon and made people look at him differently. It wasn't a bunch of jokes about khaki pants. It Mm -hmm. wasn't any of that about crazy press conference rags and things back when he was in it remember to gobble 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 turkey and whatever else all of those things when he was in san francisco all of that was gone off the greatness and then we get this statement we made a decision mm-hmm. we don't know they both mm-hmm. deserve to play well one's got to be better than the other coach i mean that's true look at I me mean, that's that's just what it is that's the reality of the situation that's the truth in all of it um i will say this they have a soft schedule to start. And so if you're uncertain on which quarterback gives you the best chance, the alternating thing is sensible. One guy plays week one, the other guy plays week two. We have a QB one decision, week three. Um, college football doesn't have a preseason, so it's hard to make real decisions based off scrimmages against yourselves. So let's take these two games, see who plays the best, and then at that point we'll hand the ball to them knowing that we also can – change later in the year if we need to oh uh, you just let coach harbaugh off the hook i mean what else can you do like make a hard decision without evidence nah let's play a little bit Nothing hawaii got waxed 63 to 10 by vanderbilt it's at least it's a different set of bodies they went to hawaii and they put up 63 on them isn't that supposed to be the vacation that nobody comes to play and they're vandy Maybe Vandy's back. From what? From from a couple a few years of uh, being in the cellar. I thought you were going to make a Jay Cutler. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, so maybe Vandy, maybe Vanderbilt is back. Maybe they're going to get back to the James Franklin era, where they had back to back nine win seasons. Maybe, maybe does. Uh, it this, seems like a lifetime ago. It does, right? Passage of time is. Uh, very crazy thing. We were talking about the Tom Brady quote of 45 and having a lot of blank going on before. And it, it is true. Like the mm-hmm. passage of time and we, we watch guys and like, all right, his career, where's he at? He's in year 10. Like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or his kids now playing things of that nature. It creeps up on you fast. Yeah. Oh, just, oh. I, I saw this statement though, Bucky yesterday and, and uh, your point, I, I'll, I'll take it. Right. Is that mm-hmm. you've only been playing there just a, We've made a decision that we're we're just gonna decide through these two. Like, well, is is that adequate representation to tell me which guy's better against two cream puffs? <laughs> I mean, we we have in to theory against in theory against my my top ranked defense and a team 
that I'm rolling with. Shouldn't I have been able to see from no, practice no, what no, those guys nah, are? Nah, nah. Practice Versus Colorado practice. State and we Hawaii? About, we talking about practice? It's a different deal. Game day, lights, crowd, energy's different. Uh, let's see how they perform. Yeah, I saw them play last year, but let's see who's gotten better. The only way to do that is you got to make decisions based on how someone plays in a game. All apologies to the Colorado oh, State. No, 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 not to the no players. Disrespect to Colorado State. No, 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 Hawaii. not to the players, to the programs. No disrespect. There you go. Disrespecting them. I can disrespect the programs and not the players. The players are doing the best they can. Mm. Coaches, you do the best you can with the parts that that you can assemble. Just, I, I would like a little more fire and and decisiveness from my coach coming out of a playoff appearance. That's all. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what I want. This seems wishy washy to me. Yeah, we'll see. Game three. Because now, I mean, well, no, because now you've disrespected these opponents by saying this is basically practice. Uh, have we? Have we? Have we? That, that's how them? I interpret it. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like a tryout for these guys. I mean, it it kind of is, though, right? Right, but that that's kind of what you've said by by putting I mean, this statement out. Yeah, it's I mean, eh, you know what? You're different helmets and different hats, so it it's really just a a test scenario rather than. Yeah, we really think this guy gives us the best chance to win against you. <laughs> like, eh, we're going to work him out. We're going to see how it looks against you. Uh, what's wrong with that? What's, what's wrong with just seeing what it looks like? I just think it seems dismissive. We're not going in, you know, all guns blazing with one guy to go take on the season. Like, nah, you know what? He'll scrimmage against you. And then he'll scrimmage against you, and then we'll 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 get into the meat of our schedule and figure it out. <laughs> it, you have to make decisions off of the information that you can get, and I don't think you can get enough information from the spring game, from what you've seen in these preseason scrimmages. You want to see them live in live action. So, should we see this more often? Should the Mac Brown, Chris Sims, Major Applewhite approach? See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I went all the way back to Chris Sims yeah. and Major Applewhite. Should we see that more then? If you in can, the first two to three weeks of the, the season, if the schedule is soft enough, for you and to just be able say forget it. it. Well, but that's but that's it. Now you're saying, enough, but what am I going to see if it's soft enough? If it's soft enough, where you can you can do that? Yeah, you you want to do it? You have, you have to take it in based on information. So if it's soft, you deliberately make it soft at the beginning, so you can kind of get your feet up under, see where you are. But how do I how do I know how good a guy is against a soft opponent? Is I guess in the evaluation process. They have NCAA on their jerseys. Oh boy. So they had to be good enough to play at the D one level. So that's the only thing I can say. So that's all I can say right now with the quarterback. All right, so so every right. team should just be rolling up cupcakes and I mean, we'll make them pre. Well, a lot I of like, teams already have the preseason like feel to have, it anyway. You can have your cupcakes before your regular meal. I'm not opposed to having dessert. No, nah, you we look, the, man. The never thing. be ashamed to pile it on. <laughs> if you want to start at the dessert end of the buffet aisle, have at it. I don't, I'm not going to judge. Wouldn't you rather have that than a bunch of pasta anyway? Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to eat the carbs. I want to enjoy the carbs. Get, right? get all of them. Get all the carbs. All, all the, the carbs. carbs. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen. We'll, I guess, agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> Hey, Colorado State, he slapped you in the face. How about you guys go take it on the field? Uh, At Bucky Brooks, 
at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, we turn our attention to practice in another form because we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what went down with the Rams and the Bengals leading into their preseason tilt. And we'll do it next year on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There was peace until there wasn't. We've talked and extolled the virtues of a lot of the joint practices over the last couple of weeks in training camp, but there's always the downside. Some dismissed it. I don't. Let's talk about it now. Mike Harmon, Bucky Brooks with you here is Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. We'll get back into divisional previews and some of the goodness going around in the National Football League, start previewing the season, but also finding some maybe fantasy sleepers for you, maybe some teams people are sleeping on. I use the term sleeper. I usually say ninjas, but then people say, what are you talking about? It's like guys that are creeping in the shadows, and then all of a sudden, there they are. Bam! Three catches, 75 yards, and a score. That kind of thing. That's what we're looking at here. (laughs) Guys that come creeping out and find some glory. But joint practices – Right, become a the last couple of years become a staple of the league. More and more teams getting involved with it. Sometimes two, three days leading up to a preseason game. Sometimes not at all. Uh, just a couple of workouts together. We saw Bill Belichick, you know, do the UFC champion thing. How great was that? <laughs> I, I refer to it as the AWA Nick Bockwinkel era. Yeah, when he was like fifty years old and he was the world champion. And he looked like a guy that should have been doing your taxes or something. Uh, no disrespect to those, you know, health nuts that are accountants out there. But just the idea that he was an older businessman versus the guy that should have been champion of the world, you mm-hmm. know, with the physique of a Bobby Lashley or something to that level. That's what Bel- Bill Belichick looked like with the belt. So you have the Raiders and, and Patriots, and that's all fine. But then we had the the Rams and the Bengals. And, and first, I'm going to dismiss this because this is nonsense, in my opinion. Well, they shouldn't be doing it with teams that just played in the Super Bowl. They're still professionals. Mm -hmm. And grudges are going to be there on any team if they played at any point in other season. So I I just want to dismiss that. They're professionals. Two, 
yes, it's hot. We stipulate it's summer. It's mm-hmm. hot. So throw that out as well. Guys are working out. Then there's going to be fights. Part three, we physicality. It's a violent game. We all we all know that's what you sign up from from day one when you put on put on a helmet and pads from your seven, eight, ten, whatever that first year is through the time you hang them up. It's a violent game and it's going to get physical mm-hmm. and, and tempers are going to go over the top at times. But when a guy goes and now the temperature internally has boiled over and he's swinging helmets at people, I think we've got a bridge too far and it got dismissed as, ah, it's just practice. Ah, it's hot. Hey, they, were, they played in the Super Bowl. You had to see this coming. I had to see that coming because they played in the Super Bowl. That dude who's been fined a bunch, who likes to grab people by the throat and face masks and whatever in other games, I have to expect that suddenly he's going to be swinging helmets around because they played in a game seven months ago. That's what I'm led to believe, and that's what I've heard from talking heads and from current and former players. I'm like, yes, that's the natural escalation of things. Not just, hey, I'm going to knock you on your ass, or I'm going to try to take a blow upside your helmet with whatever wrap I've got on my head, which is, <laughs> which is always a bad idea because that's bad fighting 101 for football. But also the I'm going to rip your helmet off your neck, twist you, mm-hmm. and then swing it at you. That's supposed to just be, eh, hey, man, practice. That's what happens. Like, really? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting deal. Um, and those joint practices, the reason why you want to participate in joint practices is because it gives coaches a little more control over what goes on, meaning you're able to protect your players better. The quarterback isn't live, so he doesn't get hit. So it should reduce the odds of an injury occurring. That's why you like it. You also can see ones versus ones. You can control the environment. Hey, let's see some red zone work. Let's see some third down. Let's see two-minute situation. Let's go through a bunch of situations and scenarios that we might see in a game that we can script as opposed to let's wait and see if the game plays out like that. Well, because you may never get the uh, like the thing you want to see from players mm-hmm. in a game. You may never see. You may not. You may not get a chance to see. Right. It. We want to see our red zone offense. Well, we never got to the red zone. Ah, oh, that's too bad. And so, because joint practices allow you to face an, another team, you get the increased intensity, almost game like intensity, because sure. you're seeing somebody else. The thing that you always worry about is this stuff. Does it become a macho? man competition where everyone is trying to flex and get chesty or can you have two teams that understand the environment hey man let's get some work in let's make it competitive but let's take care of each other no fights none of the silly stuff let's walk away if you don't establish those parameters then you see what we saw break out in Cincinnati which was a melee and you cannot have the league's best defensive player maybe the league's best player engaging in a situation where he is wildly and out of control throwing, swinging, helmets, and those things. Because now you you run the risk of someone seriously getting hurt. And the optics of the situation, they don't look the part. So we talked about in the first hour protecting the shield and the shield and all things that are the National Football League and making sure that the PR is always, the optics are always right. Well, that wasn't right to have 99 swinging his helmet like that, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald can't swing his helmet, can't swing an opponent's helmet, can't get engaged in a fight like that. And I understand emotions are high and hot and all those other things. Can't allow it to happen. And now that the league doesn't have any control over the suspensions, what are the L.A. Rams going to do to make sure their best player, their highest paid player, complies the next time he has a joint practice scenario, that he's not going to get in that? 
I mean, we don't know. They don't have to disclose. Well, they, that's what they just do. it. They said it's been handled internally, and and that's the end of it. Yeah. But he's a guy that's towed the line. Like he's, as I saw the list of fines. He's tied with Vontez Burfict, who is widely acknowledged as one of the great villains mm-hmm. of the last two decades in the National Football League. Ironically, a member of the Bengals. But when we get down to it, he's a guy that has. And again, double team, triple team, I I get it. Mm. Frustrations. Maybe you feel like it's getting a little bit dirty. I I just found it incredible the number of people that dismissed it. Oh, well, it's because you got cameras at practice. So this gets out. It's like, so that makes it okay? Um, If you had a guy swinging a helmet at another dude in in a practice 20 years ago, just because it wasn't caught on tape, that's okay? Yeah, it shouldn't be okay. Um, Those things happen whenever you get two teams. They're normally, I mean, it happens internally. You get tired. You're tired of it, right? You're tired of the routine. You're tired of leaning and banging on one another because preseason practice is completely different than the way that you go and do your work in the regular season. Um, Yeah, but you have to talk to him. You have to tell him he's not that. But I will say this. um, You have to have a handful of dudes to have a little cray-cray. Oh, sure. No, there's no question about that. A lot of times, defensive players, uh, their engine revs hot. They're always towing the line because of a very aggressive mentality that you have on defense compared to offense. Uh, offense is maybe a little more deliberate, thought out, uh, cerebral, even though I don't want to paint the picture that defenders are not um, highly intelligent and instinctive. But it's a little more emotional, a little more aggressive. And so with Aaron Donald, to get a player like that, he has to take himself to the line. Uh, we've all seen the movie Gladiator. Uh, and when you step into the arena, you kind of have to have a little, you got to have a little craziness no, sure. about you to be able to do it. And so for Aaron Donald, part of his greatness is his ability to play charged up at that line with all the energy and effort and relentlessness that he's con- consistently displayed throughout his time. Just a different deal. Yeah, just the way it was dismissed as a, it's just a practice particularly in the wake of the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph story of a couple of years ago, which by some accounts, the, the Browns may be looking at Mason Rudolph to join the squad, so good theater there. Mm. Uh, but given the way that was covered, right, and we've been talking a lot about the NFL teams and league when you look at policies, procedures, and optics, three very different ways of looking at your business and the optics and trying to make sure that the majority of eyes see it as favorable. This is one that I know they didn't have jurisdiction based on it being a practice and that's a rule and that's fine. It still just becomes the, this is the look that's going forward Mm -hmm. of a guy swinging helmets. And the last time we saw that it was a six game suspension. People were calling for miles Garrett's career. He does a lot of great things in the community. I saw some headlines and things that he's signed up for this year, mm-hmm. and, and a guy that, you know, it's his worst moment. And for Aaron Donald, but for the grace of God, that those helmets didn't connect. Yeah. Right? And then we're having a whole other discussion, not only about joint practices and, and everything, because I, I agree with you with all of those points you're making about how it can better you and propel you forward. And if you're guys that had worked on the same staff, maybe you have, you know, that's a friendly agreement. Because we saw that from some of the other teams that did it at the end, little videotape things going, oh, we got to do this again next year. Mm. This was great. Because yeah. you learn a lot about, you know, your squad, maybe some things you need to button up. 
maybe some looks that you didn't see, and then all of a sudden they become part of what you're trying to do because you know you have the same athletes, uh, similar athletes on either side of the ball that can push things forward. So just uh, one of those stories that that had you know the the world shook there for about 24 hours. One I want to get your opinion on because we've seen some crazy baseball injuries. The latest trip to the IL. Yeah, this one is new territory. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen, Fox Sports Radio on Fox Sports Sunday. Let's turn it over to Isaac Lowenkron with an update of what's trending. Mike and Bucky, we begin in the NFL, where on Saturday evening, the Buffalo Bills released rookie punter Matt Ariza two days after a civil lawsuit was filed in San Diego that accused Ariza of sexually assaulting a 17-year-old girl. Here was Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean last night. This is bigger than football, and our culture here is is more important to us than winning football games. On the field Saturday night, the Indianapolis Colts defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-10. Tom Brady played. He completed six out of eight passes for 44 yards, and here he was after the contest discussing his recent leave of absence from the Buccaneers. 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can, and, you know, it's a uh, continuous process. Preach, brother. Preach. In Major League <laughs> Baseball on Saturday night, the Oakland A's defeated the New York Yankees in 11 innings, 3-2, breaking the Yankees' five-game winning streak. Today's action about to get underway in Miami with the Marlins hosting the Dodgers. NBA, the Italian national team, confirmed that Boston Celtics forward Danilo Gallinari has suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee, but there is no ligament damage. So it's an extremely busy time in the world of sports. Ain't that right, Tom? There's a lot of going on. Indeed. Back to you guys. That is the summary statement for everybody. Uh, I think I'm going to get a coffee mug that says that on there. You need one, Ilo? Uh, already ordered. Oh, okay, good. Thanks, that, though. That's $3 a profit I won't be getting. <laughs> uh, Isaac, at Isaac Lowenground, where you find him pre and post and halftime, working around the Los Angeles Chargers as they embark on what should be an exciting year. We talked briefly about the Broncos uh, related to Russell Wilson. We'll get back into some more divisional work and some big storylines, including the latest Tua. Did you like the clip? Did you not like the clip? Uh, and should Tyreek Hill still be running? But we'll talk about that uh, next hour, as well as more on San Francisco, Trey Lance, what you saw from his latest uh, outing, and, and so on. There's so much to talk about related to the National Football League, but we'd be uh, remiss, as it were, if we didn't talk about this one, Bucky. You've, you've no doubt heard of some crazy injuries mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL, maybe some things that never were told truthfully as to why a player may have missed a day or two of work or was out for a game or something. You know, why isn't he here? Uh, he's receiving treatment. For what? Nah, we can't tell you. Uh, in Araldis Chapman has had a year well, that he'd like to forget from the baseball side of things, and now he's been placed on the injured list because of, quote, a pretty bad infection, as Aaron Boone called it, mm. on Chapman's leg that arises from a new tattoo. He'd missed some games earlier in the year for Achilles tendonitis, and now he's got an infection. Quote, we're hoping we'd kind of knock it out and be able to take care of it the last couple days, but it's still significant enough from a tattoo he recently got. He's got a pretty bad infection in there. He was actually at the hotel yesterday, still back at the hotel now. We're treating him with antibiotics and things like that. So he's got an infection that he's dealing with that's going to force him on the IL. Mm, mm, mm. It's always something in the world of sports. 
I mean, because um, we've certainly had it legislated in baseball contracts. A lot of times, they don't even want you cutting your own meat or yeah. doing any lawn work or any of that stuff based on past injuries. Yeah, it's crazy, it, man. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, that's that's one of the things that you you just hope that your players make solid decisions and do those things. You know, they have a life outside of the sport, but man, those things now begin to impact your ability to work uh, in your sport, in your craft. And so if you're the Yankees, how do you handle it? Normally what you do is, I mean, that's a finable offense. No, but that's just it, right? You've made yourself unavailable. Yeah, you're not available. It's one thing you you can have a late night and drag yourself in. You might not be 100, Mm -hmm. but you're there. In this case, you can't even be there. You're you're not available. So you – I mean, the only thing that you have to do is you have to be consistent. And I think being consistent as you're the Yankees or whatever, you got to find them. You have to find them. You have to let everyone know. Like, I understand you can do all those things away from the field, but if you're unavailable, boom. And you have to have very strict and stringent policies in place when it comes to that. It's funny because this is the team that has the strict policies on how you wear your facial hair and yeah. and how sh- short, you know, it's got to mm-hmm. be uh, clipped in the back and everything else. Yeah. How much of that is written versus just long-standing? This is culture. This is what they get rid of. Have they get rid of the facial hair thing or no? I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember if I if everyone is clean shaven or not. But that was always it was a big deal. I, I don't know that that's the same. I think there's some guys running yeah, around they with used some to, goatees. They and used stuff, to, but it was a big that, deal. That used to be their thing. The, well, it was a joke on the Simpsons. The Yankees and the Reds. The Yankees and the Reds, like they clean shaven, uh, uniform policies. Make sure there wasn't any wild stuff. Everything was um, protocol. Well, and then think about the continue continue that and furthering, you know, going back to David Stern in the NBA. Or dress codes. The, the dress codes. Hey, you're going to meet the press. Suit mm-hmm. up. Or guys having to get on the plane. Like we were actually talking about it before, right, as we got our monitors here in the Fox Sports Radio studios, a, a segment that came up for a fantasy football thing, and dude, you know, had his hair in the bun and wearing a T-shirt and jeans. And we both looked mm. at each other like, wait, it's, it's always suited and booted to, to go get your TV spot. Not that I always thought for sports and particularly fantasy football that should have been the case. Self, self-included <laughs> doing those video spots. But, you know, it's just a departure, right? You have things within your team or organizational culture that change. And certainly for a lot of you out there, wherever you are, you know, your jobs, how much you can do via Zoom calls, even there, they might expect you to have the collared shirt versus how you would be sitting at home. Or when you got to go into the office, maybe some of those things that were a little more lax aren't, or maybe mm-hmm. it's the other way around. So, yes, yeah, so Araldus Chapman, unavailable. Because of a tattoo. That is, uh, <laughs> just add that to the list, Bucky. I mean, there's just been so many. I remember Clint, Clint Barmas when he uh, fell when he was carrying deer meat. Oh, wow. Upstairs, yeah. Got lots of. <laughs> deer. No, no, no. It was, I tripped with my groceries. Like, no, no. Deer, deer meat. Yeah. Well, Jeez. Hey, it's a crazy world. Very... Things happen. God, deer meat. But you got to, hey, venison chili is some of the finest stuff you can have. <laughs> Sounds like know. a challenge for the fall yeah, season here yeah, yeah, yeah. for good. Chef Harmon. I'm good. You're good. Yummy. All right. Venison. 
All right, we'll come up with something else instead. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, find me over at Swollen Dome. Uh, no question about it. There's just so much going on here. Uh, we would be uh, we we got to mention, you know, the Ravens get a bunch of guys coming back off injury, but now they're down a mascot as Poe got trucked uh, in the middle of uh, the halftime, playing with some kids. Blitz yes. came strong. Yeah, it's not good. Coach Harbaugh was asked after the game and said, oh, he's day-to-day. We'll get an MRI <laughs> uh, and go from there. Uh, coming up next, we'll turn our attention to San Francisco. The latest, what, what have we seen from Trey Lance? Confidence and are we going to see a move of Jimmy Garoppolo or is he resigned to being part of that squad? You know, break glass in case of emergency. We'll talk about it next year on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back in Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday with you here. Mike Harmon, Bucky Brooks. You find Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. See him, NFL Network, Fox Sports 1, read him, NFL.com. What else we got? Move the Chains podcast. Yeah, move the sticks pod. We're doing it. Move the sticks. Sorry, I made it Made it move those chains. <laughs> uh, move the sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. You got that popping. Uh, for me, 7 to 11 Pacific weeknights yelling at Jason Smith and taking some of his theories and and grinding them up a little bit and throwing them back at him like I'm a Marvel superhero uh, at times. And then, of course, the I Want Your Flex podcast with Dan Beyer back for Season three fantasy work each and every week. Draft stuff going up now uh, for those final throws because this is the week that most folks are going to do it. Try to get that, you know, get together uh, late this week or into the holiday weekend uh, ahead of that season opener. So we'll have that for you and then a couple episodes each week, breaking down the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and what the previews are and the key of downloading it and disseminating it, whatever. Then you have someone to blame. And if you need me to send out note cards to the effect of I will wear all the losses, that's good. I'll put them on my swole back. We'll start to make a rich tapestry of <laughs> tattoos uh, on my back that I wear it. Uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks and months, Bucky, we've spent a lot of time as the collective media trying to figure out and read the tea leaves of how things play out in San Francisco, not only from a personnel standpoint and Trey Lance is the guy, so that that part of the equation uh, is solved. But how the rest of it works out, because Jimmy Garoppolo, as of now, still there, right? They haven't had hit the drop dead date to get rid of him uh, ahead of you know final cuts and whatever else. You've got his salary that is a big sticking point, and the recovery from shoulder surgery, and and we can keep doing this, and 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 then you have Trey Lance with his performance on the field, which has been as uneven, you would say, as his practices mm-hmm. have reportedly been. And and I stipulate to the fact that I've not watched a full San Francisco 49ers practice, as I'm guessing most people making grandiose assumptions about the good, bad, the ugly, that is contained where within the tape week, day-to-day, week-to-week, have not either, relying on sources, people in the building, people around the building, people six degrees removed from people in the building. But for Trey Lance, from what you've seen and and people you've talked to, it's Kyle Shanahan perhaps 
walking into a situation where that first month is going to be more like a preseason? Yeah, I, I think he certainly is. But a lot of teams approach it that way. Uh, the New England Patriots for years have used the opening month of the regular season like the preseason. But that's because, okay if you had 12 under center. Yeah. But, right? but, so but at even, least that was a commodity. Yeah, but even even then, your your team is always evolving, and you're always evolving in how you have to coach your team. When you start out um, in the offseason, you may think your team is going to play a certain way, meaning stylistically, hey, this is how we're going to play. We're going to run the football. Uh, we have these backs. got this offensive line. I think we're going to do this. Here's a set of plays that will work for these things, yada, yada, yada. And all of it looks great. It looks great in practice. It looks great in the preseason. You're going through OTAs and all this stuff, and it pops. And in preseason, it's scripted, and you feel good about it. And then you start playing regular season games. And the things that you thought that you would be able to do well, those things don't materialize. And so then somewhere in there, you have to make a pivot. All right, you know, I thought we were going to be able to run the ball, but now we have to throw the ball more for us to move the football. Okay, so, hey, let's make sure we have more of these passing plays that work with our quarterback or hey, we thought we we're going to be a play action team, but right now our play action game isn't going well because maybe it doesn't work for the quarterback. How can I shift this? Do we need to be more drop back, more three-step quick game, all of those things. And so it's an ever evolving process. So with Trey Lance, the first time that he plays and first time that he plays significant snaps, Kyle Shanahan certainly would have to look and analyze what he does and what he does well, what he's struggling with. And then try and always put him in a situation where he's doing things that play to his strengths. That's coaching. And so, yeah, it'll be an ever-evolving situation. The way that he looks the first four games of the season, he may look differently the second four, and he may look differently the back half of the season. Kyle Shanahan will figure it out and find a way to put him in a great situation. But I'm excited to see what Trey Lance does because bigger, faster, stronger quarterback, a quarterback with real running skills. How does Kyle Shanahan tap into the athleticism? And understand this, this decision to take Trey Lance might have come from a conversation after a game in which the San Francisco 49ers played the Buffalo Bills. And Kyle Shanahan had an opportunity to look at Josh Allen up close and personal. And at the time, Josh Allen wasn't a finished product, but he saw how an athlete can extend plays and make things happen. And it takes a little pressure off the play caller because – I don't have to be 100% accurate with my play calls because my guy can get me out of jams with his feet, with his athleticism, with his arm talent. So now you bring in a Trey Lance who can do more, who can add a little to this offense. It may take some while, it may be some ugly moments, but long-term, it can be very beneficial to the 49ers making the move to Trey Lance because he offers more than what Jimmy Garoppolo offered at the position. Well, because I, I think one of the components therein is – and it's one of the great theories uh, because I love Smith and when he puts the conspiracy hats on, uh, it, he's got a running thing. And this is my partner, Jason Smith, at How About a Fresca. If you've listened to the show at night, you know it well. Uh, he's got a thing that the the war to settle the score has to happen between Bill Belichick uh, and Tom Brady. And I only bring that up for whatever, whatever Garoppolo's next destination is. He threw out, hey, he goes back to New England because Mac Jones is just a guy, et cetera. Like, and I still think I'll, I'll trust Bill Belichick and his staff have a, have a plan for what they're doing, not that it's anywhere near a finished product. But in the interim, going to the difference between those quarterbacks and bringing Brady in the mix is when you've got a Garoppolo and you've got a, a Brady, it's got to be more precise, as in your routes have to mm-hmm. be 
more crisp. Mm. You, the timing has to be there, right? Tom Brady's whole thing is get the ball out. As much as the offensive line injuries are a problem in Tampa, I still believe his internal timing is they'll shorten the routes if they need to, but he'll get the ball out. Likewise, with Garoppolo mm. not being able to move laterally the same way, and he, and he gets you every once in a while. Mm. It's not always pretty, but he gets there. But with Lance, you, you can do a little more with Debo and with Ayuk and all these speed guys, the receive, uh, running backs out of the backfield, et cetera, on a little more impromptu stage as opposed to having to rely on the offense to be precision. Yeah, you can do a couple of different things. You can add in the bootleg passing game, which Garoppolo did, but now you can do even more. Garoppolo wouldn't do maybe the full bootleg where he's all the way on the perimeter outside the tackle box, hitting guys in the flat or on crossing routes. Well, Trey Lance can do that, which will enhance the running game. Also, the quarterback run game from shotgun makes it a little more difficult to deal with the San Francisco 49ers, particularly you got to remember this team motions and shifts on over 70% of their snaps. So fly motion, different actions in the backfield with the quarterback also being able to run. It's going to be problematic. Open up at Chicago. Then they get those Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about them in a moment. But we turn our attention to the Dolphins next on Fox. Greetings locked and loaded here. Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Crazy how fast. The time does fly when you're having some fun talking about football and the larger sporting universe. Not that we don't always, but sometimes you just see the clock tick, 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 having some great conversations about process, procedure, and the comings and goings and decisions to be made across the National Football League. A little college football mix therein. Uh, Fun and exciting story about tattoo infections. Mm -hmm. I don't have one because I can't stick with one is with one idea and concept. I mean, I, I'm at a point in my life where there there is one that I think is cool, but then at the same point, it's like five years from now, am I still going to want it? I don't know. Uh, Mike Harmon, Bucky Brooks with you. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter. Read him, NFL.com. See him, NFL Network. Uh, the Move the Sticks podcast. You've got me on the I Watch Flex podcast and then nightly yelling at Jason Smith for four hours. That about sums it up. That's the preliminaries that get you in. Thanks for listening wherever you're at. Download the iHeartRadio app to take us wherever you go. 24-7 Fox Sports Radio, keeping apprised of all the news procedures and things to dominate the maybe fictional water cooler in your lives uh, at home and at the office. So, Bucky, this has moved really fast. Tattoos uh, with Araldis Chapman, maybe one of the big stories of the day. <laughs> For nothing else, people are going to want to mock him. I just call him the task of your team had been sliding, then you win five straight, so that's all fine and good. But now you're unavailable to the team when they kind of need you for a uh, swooning squad to try to solidify your place in the bullpen as you try to close out the regular season. Just a kind of a curiosity and, and really doesn't doesn't lend to a lot of laughter for me. It's like responsibility. you got to be there for your guys. Yeah, you gotta- Tattoo can wait till October. Yeah, you got you to be there for you people. Um, the tattoo can wait. Um, it is irresponsible to not be available for your squad, and they have to make measures to correct that, not just for him, but for everybody else who could be involved. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if he can get back and play at a high level because the one thing that does change some of the stuff is if you play well, people have a tendency to forget some of your missteps. Well, and he hadn't been pitching well Aaron Boone, remember just a week ago, was almost teary-eyed 
talking about the swoons, even though it was only a couple of weeks and trying to convince you that the bulk of the season was what mattered. But all of a sudden, we know what the fish wraps do. Mm -hmm. We know what's going on. Suddenly you're not hitting, you're not pitching, all of that. And maybe the return of Giancarlo Stanton helps that. But Aaron Boone was having enough other issues he had to address. I'm sure he didn't want to have to talk about a guy's infected tattoo. Mm -hmm. Now, we've already Mm -hmm. seen an F1 race finish today. Max Verstappen with the victory. We've got action on the pitch. Uh, Right now we've got Tottenham with a 1-0 lead over Nottingham Forest. (laughs) Nottingham Forest, Bucky! I mean, that's that's interesting. Going to start singing the Robin Hood song from the old Disney classic? I mean, it is a Disney classic for sure. Um, No question about it. Getting a little bit of uh, Jerry Reed singing to you uh, Mm -hmm. as we go? uh, No, I, I think I'm conflating. Who was singing the uh, the classic tune out of that? By the way, it doesn't matter because uh, we get to the celebration of all things pigskin with two more games later on today. Giants and Jets get it on coming up in about an hour from now. And then later on, we'll have the preseason finale with the Detroit Lions on the road at Pittsburgh. We'll get into Kenny Pickett uh, and the latest because I've seen a lot of infographics with your name attributed and, and put underneath the tags and pictures of Kenny Pickett. So you two will now be inextricably linked for the rest of your <laughs> lives. But let's throw this out. You saw it under under fire all week. Once again, social media sometimes doesn't do a lot of favors. Uh, or or it, this doesn't mean what I think you think it means as related to the Miami Dolphins, some of the video clips. But there's no taking away what happened in this preseason game. Play action fake to it. Back to throw. Looking deep downfield. Wants it all. Hill. They said they wanted to get the yards down the middle of the field. Two guys, no surprise. He outruns everybody and he makes an all pro catch. Tyreek, welcome to South Florida. There you go. The Miami Dolphins uh, radio network on the call. Um, 51 yards on that. Hill, two for 64, two, uh, six of seven, 121 and one. Can't help but just say, you know what? If he can put five more yards on that ball. Tyreek Hill walks into the end zone. But that's been a lot of the practice video that we've seen as well, Bucky. Of the, It's almost there. Not not 100. Because mm-hmm. he goes, hey, he wants it all. Well, he should have had it all. But the ball <laughs> didn't quite get there. And, but it's still like 50 yards in the air. So like, no, let's not do the pop arm kind of thing with Tua. It does, he does have a little bit of loft under the ball. There's no question, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's one thing that will come into play as the season gets yeah, underway. Yeah, and I think, I think people have to be careful – about that, like I'll, I'll say this, I think Tua hit the national scene based on the throw that he made to Jalen Waddle down the sideline, down the boundary against Georgia in the national title game. I was on air for that one, absolutely. You know, um, and when you go back and look, I don't think arm strength has ever been a deal. He's a lefty. I would say his his arm strength and arm talent is more like Drew Brees, um, which we've seen. We saw Drew Brees have a lot of success in the league uh, with his if he has limitations when it came to arm talent. The thing when you're dealing with an athlete and an explosive player like Tyreek Hill, um, if you don't have A-plus arm talent, the ball has to be out and up earlier to allow him to run up under it uh, because he can outrun. He can outrun the ball. And so it's just a matter of understanding that. And as they have timing in those things. But the funny thing is we're complaining about a 51-yard explosive play. (laughs) 
be the Dolphins will kill for explosive <laughs> plays after <laughs> last year. But it, but play. it is interesting though, like because that's what they want the offense to be, and what we we saw. And it, again, it's a different coaching regime. We we know that as as you have uh, the new thought and the new school coming in from San Francisco that maybe you open it up far more than you did. But that was one of the reasons Devontae Parker, other than health, health was a big thing. He couldn't stay on the field, but he couldn't be utilized to his best mm-hmm. aptitude the way the offense had been being run in Miami, and now you want it opened up. And so some of it's just going to be scheming to get the ball to Tyreek Hill, right? You you bring up Drew Brees, and he had burners, but they would see the ball sporadically, going back to the Devery Hendersons. Yeah. That's how I, I had to it, bring it's up hard because they they had a tough time connecting. Even with Ted Ginn Jr., when he was there briefly, they've always had a burner that could stretch the field. Sure. They would get it, but as he got older, you know, uh, he didn't have the arm strength. He couldn't put the distance on it the way that he used to. But and he could still big, work the middle of the field, right? He, he wasn't he worked, Ben Roethlisberger. He would work the seams. Yeah. So his big thing was when you dealt with Drew Brees, you had to be prepared to stop the seams in the post. Those throws are the easiest for someone because they're closest to the quarterback, so you don't have to push it as far. Um, for Tua Tungvaluwa, this system that he's playing against should be perfect for him. We saw the movement-based passes. We also will see some of the things where they can get the ball to the playmakers quickly on the move and allow them to go to work. And when you have the talent that they've assembled around him, he should be fairly successful doing those things. The curiosity is to see if, if they trade Gesicki because that's been rumored, right? He's on the, the tag and whether he fits what they want to do long-term. But to to go to the personnel overall, you've got speed for days. Mm-hmm. you got Edmonds that comes over from Arizona. You have Raheem Mostert. Biggest question for him is can he stay healthy and how do you limit his touches to try to give you a, a guy who's available to you come Thanksgiving and beyond. you got Jalen Waddell, who had over 100 catches as a rookie with that same – to a tongue of Ilo and throwing him the ball. And now Tyreek Hill. And with Tyreek Hill, I think the biggest question is, is he going to be happy with the number of targets he sees? That's the only thing I, th- I think that gets interesting for this offense of how McDaniel is going to have to scheme early to make sure he's in the game and that there doesn't become an issue of him not seeing the ball enough. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Now, good play callers always have a sheet have a little section on their call sheet, plays that are designed to get the ball in the hands of the best player. And so Tyreek Hill is number 10. So there should be in the corner of Mike McDaniel's sheet, get the ball to number 10. And maybe eight to 10 plays where I can just call these plays and he is guaranteed to touch the ball. Fly sweep, reverse, bubble screen, quick hitch, something. And so someone on the staff has to just be aware of these long stretches in which Tyreek Hill may not touch the ball. Just got to stay on it. You don't want him to go too serious without getting a touch. You just have to monitor the touch count. Make sure he stays engaged because the hardest thing for a wide receiver is to go for a long stretch without touching the ball. Then we get into the fourth quarter and you want him to make a play. And he's like, Coach, I don't have any rhythm. I haven't touched the ball. Like, I have to at least feel it. I got to feel it on, regu- on a regular basis to be able to make it. An impact. And I got to feel some of the noise that he's made this offseason with the accuracy and with the kind of pushing 
and I made Patrick Mahomes more or less, if we're going to paraphrase some of the stuff he had to say, that that's also signaling the warning of I better see the ball. Uh, some I, of came, that. I, I mean, came I, here. Look, I, I'll say all receivers, all receivers are temperamental in nature. Of course. Of course. All of them. <laughs> and <laughs> you got the, anybody uh, that j- jumped to the front of your mind? Uh, it, uh, going leave Tio out for yeah, even, even myself. Like like way back high school, college, whatever. When you go long stretches without touching the ball, it's very very difficult. Uh, it's just difficult and trying because you're trying to figure out. Well, why am I here? What well, how do you doing? keep doing a sell if the ball's not coming your way? I, I guess would be the hardest thing, right? That it's is, like, all right, keep running, keep coming out of your stance, and keep coming out of the break like you're going to break hard down, you know, for an you know eight yard dig or whatever it's going to be. It's like, all right, I've now done this. How many plays and we've run the ball? Mm-hmm. How do I continue to sell this? Like, no, it's it's like you're rehearsing for a play. No, it's take thirty two. Keep going, Bucky. Keep going. It is. I mean, it, it it really is 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 a trying, is a trying set of circumstances when you haven't when you haven't touched a rock, and so you're trying to stay engaged and you're trying to say all the right things and do all the right things. And I would give Tyreek Hill credit, maybe because they, they appear to be more mics in his face down in Miami than there ever were in Kansas City. He has been very very encouraging of his young quarterback. He's been very supportive of his young quarterback. Now let's see what it looks like. When we get to get to playing for real, but right now things have been good. And in the dress rehearsal, it played out. I think this is going to be a success. Uh, him teaming up with two and taking below. It won't look like it looked with Pat Mahomes, but this offense will be better. It'll be more measured, more deliberate. It will have some explosive plays because they got weapons on the outside. But even the little hint that we're seeing, the offense looks more more together, more cohesive than those previous versions. Tell you this, first quarter of the season, schedule makers did them no favors. A home game against New England. Now, they've always fared New well. New England's terrible based on everything I heard. They don't have a no, play we're, caller. They got Bill Belichick doing yeah, everything. Yeah, like, what are we talking no, about? No, we're going to talk about them coming up next, and you can continue that rant. Uh, <laughs> at Baltimore, the Bills at home, at Cincinnati. That's your first uh, four games out the jump, and then you get the Jets. Baltimore's coming off a rebuild. Like, they're losing season. Their quarterback may not even show up. We don't know. He hasn't got his contract yet. What happens if he doesn't get his contract by the end of next week? He, he may even be a no-show. Um, Buffalo Bills. I couldn't tell whether you were being facetious. I'm being, or... I'm being for real. Like, who knows he's going to show up? Like He, he looked good with that contract. hat yesterday. He right? does. He does. Then you got the Bills dealing with their own controversy. You know, dealing with the kicker and the situation and circumstances surrounding him. And the guy they cut, they can't bring back because he's now the guy in Indianapolis mm-hmm. who showed out quite well last night. Yeah, so they're, they're looking for all kinds of stuff. And then you got the Bengals who are engaging in fights and joint practice sessions, and they have the weight of the Super Bowl hangover. Who knows how this plays out? Man, they may get off to a hot start. What I just got from that was Bucky hates everybody and everything. Add Bucky Brooks onto it. Well, because we can always do the how does this season go to hell for this team. I think that segment will be next week uh, as we get ready for the season opener. At Bucky Brooks, at Swollen Dome. Yeah, we'll turn our attention back to New England because as Bucky alluded to with a sarcasm bucket directly under his mouth, uh, everything, everything is wrong in New England. And nobody knows how to coach football anymore. 
everything is wrong in New England. Everything is terrible. And he's going to tell you why next here on Fox. I don't have anything to add. I guess I'll just put it nicely and pass on the opportunity to get involved in talk radio. That's too bad. He'd be fantastic. Welcome back in Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. It has been a fantastic show. Uh, And we need to, I think, just start taping what we're talking about in the paying bills segments of things, the commercial breaks, uh, because there's a a lot of good to be had there. The other podcast or live streams or whatever, we'll figure it out as the season uh, jumps up upon us, no question about it. But uh, we ended by talking a little bit, uh, coming off the Dolphins into the New England Patriots, and, and the discussion from a national level is everything's horrible. The practices have been horrible. Mac Jones is terrible. Bill Belichick suddenly forgot how how he works and and how this all comes together and because he hasn't named a coordinator. If you don't have the proper title on the door, Bucky, you've shown that anarchy now rules the day, evidently, in New England. At least that's what you'd you'd believe by listening to some of these stories uh that have come along the way. I know. It's so funny. So Here's what I'll say, because there's been a lot of consternation about the play-calling situation for the Patriots on offense. Who's calling the plays? Will it be Matt Patricia? Will it be Joe Judge? Is Bill Belichick going to venture over to that side of the ball and fix it? I would say as a head coach, your job is to be a problem solver. And Bill Belichick has more experience dealing with NFL offenses than anyone that we can imagine. And he's done it as arguably the best defensive coordinator in NFL history when you when people talk about him or the way that he'll be revered as he goes down as a Hall of Famer. So if you're a defensive coordinator, what I have to tell people is if you know defense, you know offense. And I would say that you know it better than some offensive coordinators know and understand defense. And so Bill Belichick understands all the triggers that make it difficult for a defensive coordinator to deal with an offense from unbalanced formations to different passing concepts that really test the rules of each of the coverages that are very popular in the National Football League. He understands the differences between a gap running scheme and a zone-based running scheme and how difficult it can be to defend both of those. And so maybe the thing that you don't want to happen for the Patriots is you don't want him too involved um, if you're an opponent because he knows all those things. Now, there'll be some hiccups along the way. It won't all be clean and smooth because you also have a bunch of different parts that you're trying to piece together. But as we talked about throughout the program, the first four games will be like a preseason. They will try and do what they can with what they have as they're assessing their team and trying to figure out where the strengths, where the weaknesses, how do we need to hide certain people and certain things to enhance our opportunity to win. And they'll do it while he challenges the defense, play great defense. Let's make sure we're dominant in the kicking game and we're figured out. We've seen it for years and years when Tom Brady may not have had his best stuff going down the stretch. They morphed into the power football team, running the ball out of 22 personnel and hammering folks. When Tom Brady had it going, they opened it up and they were spread and shred and let the little guys work on the outside. They wore you out. The Patriots have won a bunch of games in a variety of different ways. 
Bill Belichick will figure out a way to get the offense going. Because even when they were terrible with Cam Newton, they couldn't throw it. They won seven and nine and had opportunities to win maybe 10 games. Well, but that was a team that was, they lost, what, eight guys on defense Decimated. that opted out? Yeah, COVID. Right, Cam opted Newton out coming of off COVID. The show to yeah. sign him a couple weeks before camp, and they still were competitive. Last year, it's funny because your partner is talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I would contend that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. He's a Pro oh, Bowl no quarterback. Question. I mean, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is fine, but let's not make him something that he's not. Yeah, no, when he threw out that theory, I, I had laughed and I said, look, I like it because it would be a great storyline for us. And in he's got – I have it convinced he's got a little portion yeah. of an office somewhere, which is all this orchestrated battle between – he's writing like a series of Game of Thrones-like novels related to Belichick and Brady and their need to vanquish one another. And it's great theater. But the reality is Mac Jones played well last year. Did it need to be flashy at, all the time? No. no. And that's not what the offense is. And th- can it evolve to that? It yeah, can. I mean, it can, but they, they don't need it. Like – Bottom line business, winning games. Not stuffing the stat sheet, not compiling individual accolades and honors to to help the player be celebrated. It's to do whatever we need to do to win games. Bill Belichick has shown on multiple occasions that they're doing it. Go back to them playing the Buffalo Bills and not throwing a pass in the, in the inclement conditions and just saying, oh, we're going to blood you with the running game because you can't stop it. But it goes back to what we talked about for weeks. Right, do what you do well. Right, I'll take it outside into the fast food and 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 mm-hmm. that area. Right, what do you have? Canes, chicken fingers are chicken, everywhere. Chicken fingers everywhere. Crinkle fries, Texas toast, and the sauce. That's raising and if you canes. like coleslaw, that's it. There ain't any other variations. Get you some sweet tea. You want you want to get a sandwich? Okay, we'll put it on a bun. <laughs> but that's it. Simplicity, simple menu, in and out. Yeah, they've got some variations if you go into the secret menu, but it is burgers, fries, shakes. shakes. That's it. The best best organizations, you think about the best companies. Apple, hey, man, we made the MacBook, (laughs) we make the iMac, we make the the iPod. It used to be the iPod, now it's the iPhone. That's it. Simplicity is everything. You don't necessarily have to do it. So Bill Belichick and the Patriots will find a simple formula that allows them to win games. They know that they can control the game in a variety of different factors, either playing turtle, super slow, making it a very limited possession game to enhance their opportunities to get in the game into the fourth quarter. They'll do that. They'll do whatever it is they need to do to put themselves in a position to win games. Well, the other thing was is just some of the dismissiveness, and we've got the real versus fantasy football and and what gets caught up in the noise is going back to with the bears and people dismissing, they've got nobody that can make plays. Well, Justin Fields could make plays. David Montgomery is a pretty good running back. Khalil Herbert showed he could play. Mm -hmm. Darnell Mooney showed he could play. Cole Komet, everybody still loves 60 catches. I need to see him do it in red zone situations. Jimmy Graham's not there to vulture Mm -hmm. a bunch of that, but either way, the point remains likewise with the Patriots, the dismissive, ah, they're just guys. Damian Harris had 15 scores. Jacoby Myers piled up catches. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry had double-digit touch, like near double-digit touchdowns. You got guys that can make plays for you. Ramondre Stevenson, the, the double backfield, mm-hmm. it can play. And Mac Jones make plays if Jonu Smith is the guy they signed. Look at the outside, bringing in Devontae Parker. Like, there's players. 
like, to dismiss it that ah, they don't have anybody. What, because they don't make $20 million a year and aren't the darling of fantasy football players? That's suddenly the measure of how good a team can and can't be? To your point, as you said so simply, it's all about winning. Bill Belichick doesn't care about all that. He yelled at a guy that asked him a fantasy question a couple weeks ago at a practice. It's it's all about just you, can you grind out a W? It doesn't have to be pretty. Never has to be pretty. Can you grind it out? Can you get the game played on your terms? If you can get the game played on your terms, your opportunity to win the game goes up. They have done it a variety of ways when it comes to how they operate, how they play the game, and all of this other stuff related to the game. He will take control of the situation if he has to step in. But right now, it appears that Matt Patricia is going to have the opportunity to call some plays. He talked about it being a collaborative effort. It's a collaborative effort everywhere. Even when the offensive coordinator is the play caller, it's still, hey, running back or O-line coach, you're in charge of the run game. Uh, wide receiver, quarterback coach, you're in charge of the pass game. Let's have these discussions to figure out the best way for us to make it happen. In fact, I will tell you this. When I played for the uh, Oakland Raiders, John Gruden was the play caller. Bill Callahan was the O-line coach. When it came a situation where John Gruden wanted to run the ball, Callahan, give me a run. That's how it goes. So everyone thinks that the guy with the big play sheet calls every play. That doesn't happen. It's a collaborative effort because some people don't know everything about the offense. Sure. A lot of times when you have the quarterback coaches that advance and are elevated to passing game, they don't understand pass protection or they may not know the running game intimately. So then you need a strong O-line coach or running back coach to be able to say, here are the runs that we need to make. Well, what runs do you like in this situation? Okay, here's your menu. You can call from these runs. This is what we like out of these formations. That's how it goes. So when people talk about the collaborative effort, it is always a collaborative effort. It's not one man standing by himself calling everything about it. doesn't operate But he doesn't like have that. the title, Bucky. <laughs> I know. So that's what it is. So, so call him the coordinator if yeah, you need to, if it it's going to make you feel better. You, de- you determine, you greater media and fan bases, uh, you decide who the coordinator is, and maybe you breathe a little bit easier. But to suddenly dis- disguise, decide that this is absolute chaos in New England, just I laugh. Right, yeah, know, suddenly Bill Belichick just doesn't know what he's doing. And the and the other thing about it is, man, people have different agendas when it comes to the preseason. Sometimes your objective is to, I want to put different things on tape so we can see what it looks like in game action. We've been working on these things all off season, so now I want to put it on tape so I can see: Do I like it? Don't I like it? What's the view? Let's assess this from a schematic standpoint. Oh, let's evaluate the players. Let's evaluate the players if we put them in this hard situation. Mm-hmm. I know it's not ideal for them, but I want to see how they react to it. Without knowing the objective of the approach going into the preseason, you just don't know. And so we won't know until we see them play. Well, and that goes back to the larger conversation we had a week ago. The Ravens pick up another win to take down the Commanders. Uh, Poe got hurt. Otherwise, I think they came out fairly unscathed. Ronnie Stanley gets activated from the pup list and all of that stuff. So coming into the season, feeling good. But the point of them winning all these preseason games, some may dismiss it. As we talked about, it gets into the more nuance. What are your goals? What are you trying to set? Is there an overriding theme, an arch, uh, a 
the sentiment of how your team uh, approaches the preseason. To Coach Harbaugh and his squad, preseason wins are a culture builder. At least that's what how he's sold it, and I, I think you interpret it. And if you want to dismiss it, that's fine. You're not a member of the Baltimore Ravens. There's obviously something in that building they have decided helps launch them into the regular season to prepare. Now we talk about Lamar Jackson with no contract in place, what all that means. I don't think he steps away, but the potential is there. Man, whenever you leave variables, like being in a fight and leaving it to the judges, bad things can happen, right? You usually want to tie up your business before you get to the 11th hour, unless you think you can force uh, a bad decision on the other part in an act of desperation to give you what you need. But otherwise, I got to side with a guy who's, team in most seasons on par are at least fighting and playing competitive football in December that they know what the hell they're doing as opposed to the flavor of the moment because of a splashy signing or a coaching change. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it's just one of these things like right now, uh, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's lying season, but it's, we're so anxious to get to the stuff like prognostications sometimes get in the way. Cause we want to, we want to be right. We want to predict what's going to happen as opposed to let's just wait and see how it plays out. Now, that's no fun. I'm being the no fun guy. I'm being the party pooper. Well, you're but, being the pragmatist yeah, but, in all of this. That, but, that dirty word that most people don't know what it means, but <laughs> being pragmatic and, and yeah. trying to take in all but, the information. But I, but yes. I think, but I think, I think with, with all these things, when it comes to the, the, the preseason and how teams are being built, um, People have different approaches and philosophies, and we'll see some of these 4-0 teams that are celebrated, hey, we're undefeated in the preseason. Great. Regular season happens. They have a losing record. They're not mentioned mm-hmm. in the play. It, different approaches. Different approaches. What are your objectives? How are your objectives tied into the plan that you have in place? And then are you able to execute the plan? And is the plan solid enough that, hey, we take this approach, it's going to pay off down the line? We never know until the season kicks off, and then you have to reevaluate the plan. Also, the the idea of being adaptive, right? New staffs and and new personnel are fun, but what happens when you have that first injury? What happens when you have that first crushing loss and suddenly everything you thought you built in the preseason doesn't look so pretty in a game, Mm-mm. right? I mean, we, regardless of record in the preseason, you, but you scaled yeah. a whole offense to thinking these are the playmakers, and then suddenly it's not working on Sunday. It doesn't translate. We see it from college to pros all the time. Yeah, do you panic? Do you fall apart? Can you stand in front of your team selling the stuff that you're selling and continue to stay with it when the circumstances aren't going your way? That's a lot of that. Can you stand in and say, hey, guys, we're, hey, we're getting close. We're going to eventually turn or whatever. Or at the first sign of something going wrong, Abandon ship. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, we'll close out by revisiting Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But first, a guy who never pauses. No days off for him. It's Isaac Lowenkron. Indeed, and that includes right now because we've got a lot going on, particularly in the National Football League. On Saturday evening, the Buffalo Bills released rookie punter Matt Ariza two days after a civil lawsuit was filed in San Diego that accused Ariza of sexually assaulting a 17-year-old girl. Here was Bills general manager Brandon Bean on Saturday night. This is bigger than football, and our culture here is 
is more important to us than winning football games. On the field on Saturday night, the Indianapolis Colts defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-10 at a contest that featured Tom Brady playing. He completed six out of eight passes for 44 yards. And then here he was after the game discussing his recent leave of absence from the Buccaneers. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on. So, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. And, you know, it's a uh, continuous process. By the way, Mike and Bucky, Fox Sports Radio's own Bo Benson noted the literal words of Brady's. Huh? Bo Benson? Never heard of him. All right. All right, well, this will uh, no, this come will on. affect Bo's candidacy for the next Fox Sports Radio Colleague of the Month award, I suppose. Oh, I love this. Maybe this will help build his brand Let's go. a little better right here. Anyway, so he noted the literal words of Brady's quote that you just heard there and suggested another possibility for Brady's absence. Perhaps he was simply having a colonoscopy. There's a lot of Ooh. going on. There's a lot of going on. It's not worse than the masked singer theory, I'm just saying. 45 years old, what he said exactly. Anyway, today's Major League Baseball action already underway. The Los Angeles Dodgers with a 3-0 lead already at Miami. After just one and a half innings, Mookie Betts led off the game with his 31st home run of the season. It was his seventh leadoff home run this season alone, the 36th leadoff home run of his career. Trey Thompson then hit a home run, a 413-footer in the top of the second inning. It was Thompson's seventh home run this season. Again, 3-0 Dodgers over the Marlins going to the bottom of the second in Miami as we go back to Mike and Bucky. Thanks so much, Isaac. At Isaac Lowenkron, where you find it, there's another. It shouldn't take you 11 days to get back, but, hey, man, you know, everybody recovers in their own uh, own way, Pedialyte and and getting back to solid foods. Good times <laughs> all around. Uh, at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, find me over at Swollen Dome. We'll continue with the Tom Brady talk, uh, some other quotes that he had, uh, and, well, something he's trying to dispel some myths about his whereabouts no, not then, but back when he was decision-making. We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Hey, welcome back in Fox Sports Radio's Fox Sports Sunday. You got Hartman and Ornberger coming up about 12 minutes from now. We turn our attentions back here. Mike Harmon, Bucky Brooks with you as we close out our run. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tom Brady quotes that you've heard all along. He, he got waxed poetically on some things. Related to his 11-day sojourn, disappearing act, whatever you want to call it, depending how dismissive and derisive you want to be. I've heard it referred to in so many ways, disrespectful to his teammates who were there and grinding. Star players, star rules, and trying to contend that suddenly he's going to be any less prepared for a season one, for a season opener, to me is just laughable. Mm. He and his center will get together, and I know they've got attrition on the offensive line and, and all of that. But we've heard Isaac play the quote all all day long, so I don't know that we need to revisit it here. But just talking about being at 45, there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of polls, family, business, getting back and being fully immersed in football, and your priorities shift. But, I, again, once we get in season, I have no doubt that 12 comes to play. But he also talked about Tampa being the only place he wanted to be, kind of dismissing all the talk of all of these other destinations. That's all fine and good. 
he can write the history for himself how he wants. Mm-hmm. Reports are out there, and whenever we get into sources, you decide whether you want to capitalize the S, lowercase it, <laughs> or as Rob Garrett and I like to do, producer for The Odd Couple, we go back and forth over what sauces are saying, which is liquidy uh, <laughs> and, and not really solid in terms of the process or, or what the information you're getting. But for Tom Brady, I think just a bit of relief. He played a series yesterday just to be able to, all right, I gave you my press conference. That's it. That's all I'm saying on this. Now let's get back to football. Yeah, I mean, there's something that that you want to get back to business. I appreciate Tom Brady making a statement. I appreciate the vulnerability in terms of saying, hey, man, 45 years old. A lot of stuff is going on uh, in my life. I think everyone can relate to that part of it. And what he did is he just let people know, hey, I have things going on outside of the game that are preventing me from focusing exclusively on the game. I needed time away to sort that out. Now that it's sorted, he can get back to the business of playing ball. And so when he shows up, we expect him to play, and we expect him to play well. But that that's the, the curiosity, and I think some folks are still going to be unsatisfied. They want the specificity. Either they've got office pools running or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because without any more information, is it a vacation, a planned getaway that needed to happen before school started, something with the kids and their schooling, something with his parents? Go on down. I mean, there's a million things. I've seen some pretty crazy theories through it all. The mass Singer thing popped up based on the schedule. And who knows? Not a contract. <laughs> I, mean, that, I think to me, that's the one that is the craziest. He's going to do the mass Singer? I would say this. Not to, to give it any legs, but just from a purely, again, fanciful mm-hmm. sort of things. Is you signed the big deal with Fox. You may have had some... I got to imagine there's a bunch of appearances and make goods with the network on in that tra- regard. In training camp, though? That's when they were taping. It's in training? We couldn't tape that? And he was retired. Briefly. We couldn't get an an amendment, an addendum to the contract. To push on it that? out? No, I I agree. I I agree. It's because he's, he's it's not getting paid. Silly from Fox, as hell. Right? He's not getting paid. No, not yet. Right. So I'm just saying. And, and again, it, this is more just because it yeah. becomes a fun story to talk about. Because I did find a clip of him doing carpool karaoke with James Corden, mm. where he was singing some Hamilton. But we had to bleep out every third word based on. FCC compliancy, uh, safe harbor rules, and well, some words that might not technically be against the rules, but probably aren't very good for Sunday morning radio. Yeah. So we leave it out. Uh, really just the introduction of Hamilton himself, uh, as it were. But expectations for the Buccaneers. All of these changes, we talked about the Patriots, we talked about the Dolphins and, and 49ers, all these squads. But for the Buccaneers... With all the attrition they've had, the offensive line doesn't concern me as much. They'll figure out, I would suspect, five guys uh, to to get it together mm-hmm. just based on having Brady's ability to get the ball out quickly, right? The internal clock being what it is. But beyond that, we look at the receiving core, Godwin coming back at some point. You think at full strength. You've got Julio Jones, whatever he is, a huge question mark. And then Mike Evans getting it done, running game couple of component parts, a rookie that you might like. Leonard Fournette seems to have lost all the weight everybody said he gained. Mm -hmm. The other Tampa story that wouldn't die either. 
that he lived at the buffet for six months. But <laughs> but expectations. We talked about the division just a little bit, you know, to to round it out. We had New Orleans, and then you've got Atlanta and Carolina. Is there a threat other than if New Orleans gets good quarterback play? Because Atlanta seems to be destined for one of those top five selections. Could Baker Mayfield surprise people? Maybe. He might he might surprise. Uh, I would say the, the biggest threat comes for the New Orleans Saints because <clears throat> talent-wise, they can go toe-to-toe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Defensively, they have a, the makings of a top-five defense uh, if they play to their potential. Their talent stands out on defense. Offensively, the perimeter players are terrific. Michael Thomas comes back. You have Jarvis Landry. Uh, you bring in Chris Olave. So now you're explosive and dynamic. Alvin Kamara, when he shows up, uh, he's a problem coming out of the backfield. The offensive line, Need some retooling. Need those guys to grow up and mature, but they should be solid. And then Jameis Winston, he takes care of the ball there. Also, they don't fear the Buccaneers. They've beaten them the last four regular season games. They don't fear them, so they're a real threat. That defensive front is a problem when they're healthy and ready to go. A lot of it's going to think, I think, is going to come down to Jameis Winston uh, and does the offensive philosophy change with no Sean Payton there? And will he be patient enough? to matriculate the ball in chunks. He's Bucky Brooks. We'll do more of this as we get ready for week one next week here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.